All right, it is a great day here in the booth at the Bomb Hole, which is presented by Pub Beer and, of course, Run Through a Wall Smelling Salts. Now, uh, co-hosting today, we got Alex Pashley in the booth. Alex has been in the industry for 30 years, worked for Solomon, Dragon, Smart Wool, now North Face. Pash, how are we doing today? Pretty good, Jody. Uh, thanks for having me. I mean, Chris, uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the airtime, I mean, Bomb Hole. Uh, we got uh, Silk D. Running the boards back there. Great kit today, Silk. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Ready to go. You're looking good, brother. Thank mm. you. Yeah, I like the flame tea. And of course, we got Curtis Cizik in the booth. Curtis, what's happening? Uh, not a lot. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm a huge fan. Well, we are happy that you're here. And for our listeners that don't know who you are, uh, Kurt is truly a gem in snowboarding. He has a beautiful, lighthearted approach. He also has a wild life story. He grew up living on a sailboat, sailing around the world at a young age. He's got a 20-year career as a pro snowboarder with covers, great video parts, epic trips. And now uh, in the summers, he's a fly fishing guide with a jet boat. He's got all kinds of fun stuff to talk about. He is a gem. But uh, I think we should start with uh, a recent trip you guys just went on. We went to Antarctica. <laughs> I would love to hear about... <laughs> what that trip was all about, how it came to fruition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kurt. Yep, I'll, I'll take point on this one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Please elaborate. Pash was on the trip with us. Um, so I'm actually in the middle of my guide season on the Deschutes. It's where I work. It's like 110 degrees, hot as balls. We're fishing, whatever. I like get cell service in like two spots out there. And I get a text from Austin. He's like, you want to go to Antarctica? And I'm like... Yeah, but it's September. My travel budget's freaking way in the red. And he's like, well, I'm just going to send out some emails. We'll see what happens. I'm like, yeah, I'll totally go, whatever. And then, like, I think it's a week later. I totally forget about it. He's like, uh, what's your passport info? And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I sent it to him, blah, blah, blah. And then he sends me a confirmation. I'm like, okay, we're going. And then uh, Jake Price came down to film and uh, Pasher to shoot photos. And then um, we ended up getting this guy, Jessa Gilbert, from uh, – she works at Baldface – artist rad chick insane snowboarder too by the way blew me away down there but this is where it gets good so it takes what like to get all the way down there it's 24 hours of travel and then a 48 hour boat ride plus a night in uh ushuaia Mm -hmm. yeah but where you stay and then get on the boat and go across the drake passage is like the worst waterway in the world and the whole time our guy jess is like hey you guys got all your stuff Blah, 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 yeah, yeah. We're like, yeah, totally. We're posting like orders. Like a gear checkpoint. Basically. Gear checkpoint. Mm-hmm. Basically, the guides are supposed to, like, check all your stuff before you go. But she's like, these guys are pro snowboarders. They've been doing this for 20 years. They're all dialed. Also, you should time, chime in there, though, that Marion Harity, who was on that trip as well, also did not have some pieces to her bindings and stuff. So she was kind of frantically trying to find stuff. In, in Ushuaia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole time I'm like, we are good. Let's get out there, you know. <laughs> I'm thinking about the boat trip because, like you were saying, grew up on a boat. I'm like, that is the worst waterway in the world, like Cape Horn, that whole deal, even though we're on a freaking 300-foot cruise ship with three restaurants, a buffet, and two bars, whatever. So we start going across. We get down there. She's like, all right, we're like the third Zodiac to the shore or whatever. You know, we wake up. It looks like Alaska. kind. Of, well, not the first morning. First morning was that island with, like, the whaling station. Deception and Island, yeah. Deception Island. Yeah. And uh, – 
I like pull my stuff out of my bag. I've got everything except for like the clips that your splitboard bindings clip into for uphill travel, like the most important part, basically. <laughs> I've got skins, poles, harness, blah, 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 blah. And I realize it in the room and I'm just like, oh, God. Board yeah. is basically useless. Yeah, yeah, board thing. Useless. Completely useless. And I'm like, well, maybe. You know, maybe like someone on the boat has something like talk about trying to source a very particular part in like the most remote place in the world. Like we're talking about like talking to like the mechanic on the boat to see if they have like a machine shop on the boat. Austin's like, we should go down to the engine room and like see if I'm like, I'm so fucked right now. We're, We're in Antarctica and I can't go uphill. But like, okay, so luckily I brought snowshoes and a normal board because like our whole goal was like to go down there and actually like try and catch airtime and getting in the air on a splitboard is like the worst thing in the world basically I mean I'm not trash talking splitboarding whatsoever <laughs> it's just not for me and um and so we ended up like snow I mean I, I, can't, I can't sleep the first night like the first island spot was like oh you walk around you ride some mellow thing but you can like see the mountains in the background and I'm just like oh my god it's these huge glaciers they're all on split boards, and I'm just going to be the dumbass in the middle with snowshoes and the snowboard on my back. It's just going to fall into a crevasse or something. But long story short, we ended up riding, like, pretty close to the water most of the time, and the snowshoes and the snowboard was, like, more than – it was better. I would have preferred that over it, but, like, that was – like, I mean, I forgot sled keys, beacons, and the parking lot, shit like that. Like, that was, like, no. You know, especially ever like – just come off of like a guide season where I'm like the person that's like remembering all the shit for my guests in camp and like all that, and then just get down there and the guide's just looking at me like she w- she wouldn't let it go either. Like she, <laughs> oh, uh, no. oh the best part too. The next day, Austin was like, "I'll just ride my normal board too because we're gonna stay close <laughs> to this jump." Blah, blah blah. I'm like, "Okay, sweet." So he like brings his verts down to like this weird gear room on the boat, and then like left him. But we're, like, the last thing, the last boat. And then she has to, like, radio all the other guides to see if someone's still on the boat to get Austin's verts, blah, blah, blah. She ends up having to get back in the Zodiac, go back to the boat, get his verts, come back. And she is fucking pissed. Like, she she was not happy at that point. And then Austin and I start cracking jokes, like, you got any sunscreen, blah, 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 because we don't have shit, obviously. And she, like, kind of, like, Austin fucked up that day, but I feel like she brought the heat more on me still. Yeah, yeah, you were the, you were the punching bag for the rest of the trip, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it was a fantastic trip, like the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. And also to provide a little bit of context, like for uphill travel, snowshoeing, especially long ascents, is far less efficient than splitboarding, just for the listeners that don't understand. Oh, no. So picture this, like <laughs> we're all in this line and I'm in the middle, everyone's splitboarding. And they put me in the middle just in case I fall into a hole. And, like, they think it's funny to set some fucking record-setting pace. <laughs> so I'm doing this light jog with the board in my hand in the middle. And I'm, like, trying really hard not to complain because I'm obviously, like, you know, I, I messed up. And then I'm just like, hey, 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 how's the pace? Oh, yeah, it's totally fine. I'm good. And then Pashi's behind me like, you fucking idiot. Like, the whole time. Well, because everyone's roped <laughs> up, roped too. Yeah, you're yeah. all roped. So yeah. there's about, you know, like... 10 meters in between each person. So you're all roped. So if one person's moving faster, then the other person's kind of getting drugged. And so Kurt was a bit of an anchor. So yeah, I had Price in front of me too. He's on like his hips, like failing him at this point. <laughs> so he was kind of slow. But then the other best part about it is like Pashley's behind me and I'm just fucking trenching the skin track, which obviously the split border guys hate. I'm just like, and we're not the only ones down there, right? Like, there's a bunch of other, <laughs> oh, or, there's a handful of other ski groups. I think maybe I don't know, oh, seventy yeah. people or something. And so, 
they're all using the same skin track. And I mean, I'm sure you've seen the sticker, like, don't boot pack the skin track. Well, Curry's just is verting his way through it. And, and, and this is like the top tier, you know, the person that's spending a bunch of money to go to Antarctica to go skin. <laughs> and I'm just in the middle of the skin track, just freaking post holing my ass off. I heard you guys also built uh, one hell of a beautiful cheese wedge. <laughs> oh my god! Too. Like I'd love to hear about this like beautiful gem of a jump. I've built some shitty jumps in my life, <laughs> but this one was like, okay, like the hill changes like three degrees. So if we put the wedge right there, straight downhill booter in the middle of the field, basically. <laughs> like, what are we twelve years old again? This is insane. But it was crazy because we did actually s- score really good. Um, Snow conditions mm-hmm. for down there because apparently it's a really dry continent, right? Totally, I think it's the driest, the driest continent in the world. And uh, we had like foot and a half pal. Yeah, I think that morning we woke up and there was like sixty centimeters of snow on the boat. Yeah, and so kind of a freak thing for sure. Which in reality, then like the <laughs> the verts actually worked out okay, but mm-hmm. it was fantastic. Yeah, could have been shitty. Um, but yeah, we're building this jump and like everything's pretty. Remote, so like no, like there's just such the safety thing so high with the guides for sure that like it's I don't, I don't want to say overprotective because if something does happen, you're probably three days from I don't know how you get somebody out of there without driving the boat back or getting to mm-hmm. some sort of base that they can fly fly you back over to Argentina. But we're like had to be on rope the entire time, so like we're building this che- the worst cheese wedge in the world basically. <laughs> and uh, Austin and I are building it, and Jake's Jake's there too, and his job was to run safety, but Austin forgot his snowboard. <laughs> back at shore so he sent Pashley and the guide to go get his board while we build this tombstone of whatever and uh so Austin and I are building this wedge which there's there's no help you know we gotta do like a freaking eight block wedge in the middle of this field to get like eight feet in the air basically and uh Jake's just like I can't help I'm running safety so he's like 20 feet away and we're like moving snow and I'm just like kind of like catching the end of the rope all the time and Austin finally snaps he's like Jake seriously like two shovel loads and Jake's like no, I can't. I can't. I'm like, I'm the safety guy. You know? <laughs> Which is also rich because imagine for anybody that knows Jake Price, he probably wears like 80 pounds wet wearing rain boots, right? Oh so like God. if these two fell into a crevasse, like Jake is just going, he's not, he's not saving anybody. Like, quack, 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 quack. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. And I heard there, the purpose of this jump was to be the first ever <laughs> to do a 900 in Antarctica, right? Yeah. It was Austin's mm. big goal. And, uh, there, he had some solid attempts. Quest for the nine. And actually, I just watched all the the video, the mm-hmm. 16, and Jake, likes he's doing it all by hand. He's cutting it all up, projecting it. And uh, there's one that looks like a make. I mean, it might have been a make. <laughs> Luckily, the video will come out before this podcast. It was not a make. Oh, uh, <laughs> nice. Yes, true. Front, do you go front nine? Uh, dude, he... Cap he nine. So <laughs> our wedge was super <laughs> shitty, and he was like, I got four shots. I'm going to try and go every which way. I don't think he went switch back nine. <laughs> But, like, I'm, like, past shoot photos, I'm, like, I'm going to do a front three. It's, like, glacier in the background, bay, boat. And then on front seven, didn't land. Austin did back seven, landed, and then he went on his 900 quest. And it was just, like, you know, uh, 800, just schwack, schwack. Ashley was even, like, I think you should stop. <laughs> you know, it was, like, the snow, it was kind of hot pow at that point, and there was just craters everywhere. But he got, he got pretty close. He, he did some cool stuff on it, too. Made it work. Yeah. All right. I think we just jump right into uh, Run Through a Wall Trivia. Welcome to Run Through a Wall Trivia. Your, 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 your 
fire. So this is uh, the concept of run through wall trivia is basically we ask you a question. If you get it wrong, you got to do assault. They're rapid fire. Pashley, you count them down from five. He's got five seconds to answer everyone. Is. How many questions are there? I think there's like ten or twelve. Uh, or something. Shit. I actually think you're going to get most of them. Some um, meatballs for you. So uh, <laughs> okay, we'll start off. So basically, I'll ask the question and then. Pash, you just go five, four, On three, it. two, and then I got the buzzer for when he gets it wrong. I don't do well in these situations, you know that, Pash. And, and then so, I can count down. To <laughs> so when, and then the, just so you know, as soon as you, you know, get the question wrong, I'm going right into the next one. So wait, do I have to crack it? If I only if I get it wrong, if you only get it wrong. So then I get on this bad trend. Do you start with a really hard one? Then I'm just like schwack, schwack, yeah, that's schwack. The idea. <laughs> that's yes. the idea. We'll see okay. how you do. Okay, but best I think case you'll, get, you'll get a bunch yeah. of them. I think okay. you're gonna do okay. Okay, first question. What year did Ski Do introduce the 850? <laughs> Five. 2017. Four, three. That's correct. You got to be quicker yeah, on the I count. Fuck, I fucked that one up. Okay. I'm working into it. <clears throat> what kind of hair is used on high end skins for splitboard er, skis? Five, Five chance. four, three. <laughs> <laughs> Answer is mohair. <laughs> so, all right. What real estate slash investment mogul slash pro snowboarder <laughs> has had the most knee surgeries? Austin Five, Smith. Four. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what has eight legs and lives in the sea? Five, oh, octopus. Four. That's mm. fucked. <laughs> what year did Ski Do introduce the Rev chassis? Oh four. Five, four. Mm. Oh three. Fuck. Oh, I gotta I, crack a new one. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I think you actually might be right though. That might be wrong. I think it is oh four. I think it is oh four. So but we have to double check that. No, they no. might have oh three it to the trail sled and then brought it into the I think that's sleds yeah, and oh yeah, oh the 04. Yeah, because the 03 was a boat. Okay, yeah, next but when question. did they actually I'm dying over here? Yeah, I think actually you're right about that. So uh, uh what pro snowboarder loves Panda Express? Five, Mikey Renz. Four. That's correct. And myself. Yeah, and myself <laughs> as well. <laughs> In sailing, when you're steering the boat, you are at the blank. Help. Five, that's four. correct. Damn it. What bar has had the most snowmobiles pulled out of the truck bed in Bend, Oregon? Five, four. That would have three, to be the Wall Street. Two. But it's no longer there anymore. <laughs> really? I thought it was Cascade West. No, Wall no. Wall Street? Okay. Yeah. I'll hit one for that. There. Right. That's my bad. <laughs> Cascade West is the new one. Okay. Oh. Well, not the new one. But we used to go to the Wall Street forever, and now we've ruined Cascade West. <laughs> oh. Okay, next question. The Deschutes River in Central Oregon is a major tributary for what river? Columbia. Five. That's correct. Okay. What species <laughs> is least likely to take a dry fly? A, a, there's four answers. Okay. A steelhead, a silver salmon, an Atlantic salmon, or a pink salmon? Five, four, three, two, I'm one. I'm going to guess steelhead. Pink salmon. Pink salmon? Yeah, we don't, I don't have pink salmon in my area. Damn it. Oh, there's pink fish up there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> this... <laughs> The side of the boat that is furthest from the wind is what? Five. Leeward? Four. That's correct. Fuck. Okay, this is a, this is a hard-hitting question. What Grom snowboarder was run over by a naked boogie board <laughs> naked boogie boarder in Hawaii? Five, oh, that's me. Fuck. <laughs> we don't have to take one for that. Who who fact-checked that one? Oh, that was Billy for sure. <laughs> Billy teed that one up. Thanks, Billy Anderson. <laughs> you dick. Yeah, I should hit one of these. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. <sighs> I do have to say, wow. I do got, three of them in a row. Yeah, I oh. got a cold going, and these are good for the oh sinuses. My God. Wow. Same. I'm like, 
cracked out on Sudafed right now, but this thing's oh. <laughs> Dude, I've seen this show so many oh, times, God, and I always think you guys good. are a bunch of pussies, but wow, <laughs> that is fucked up. Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> All right, now let's get back to this. Oh. So again, um, the question was, what Grom snowboarder is run over by a yeah. naked, naked boogie boarder in Hawaii? I'm, gl- I'm glad we're bringing that back. Yeah, yeah that was me once again. Yeah, so can, I need a little bit of context of how you were actually run over okay. by a naked boogie boarder. Okay, we can go to this. Um, we used to go to Bowie. We went to Maui. Well, we went to Maui once for, for like a family vacation, and there's this beach called McKenna Beach, and then there's a nude beach right next to it, right? But there's like McKenna Beach is like a good like skimboard beach, like the waves like are super hollow and they crash right on the sand, like you can't really do anything. But on the nude beach side, there's like a good left, like right off these rocks. So we'd like go over there, you know, you're like, that's a dick, that's a dick, <laughs> that's a dick, mm. like a lot of old naked dudes, and then bit of paradise, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, so whatever, I'm out boogie boarding, and I'm like, fucking 12 years old or something, you know? I'm paddling out, and this guy's just coming right at me. I'm like, no, this, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. no. <laughs> Dick dragger, just like straight over the back of my legs. <laughs> I didn't feel it, I don't think. Anything, there, I don't know if there was like true contact, but it's possible. <clears throat> Dude, thank, speaking of that. Thanks should, for that, Bill. You should bring up, um, maybe give a little insight on the, about the hammer that was on the boat. Oh, my gosh. I never actually saw this thing, mm. but there's this older gentleman on the boat that Austin kept sauntering with, <laughs> and they do like this Arctic polar plunge thing where you like anchor up and jump in. I'm like, Pashley, Austin, and I did it, and Jake didn't do it, but he like was watching from the deck, and like we got up, and he's like, dude, dude, and the guy had a pirate patch over his eye because he had like some weird <laughs> thing, but he's like, it's the biggest dick I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm like, after he got out of, like, the ocean in Antarctica, he's like, it's it's incredible. <laughs> and, then, and then we, like, Austin runs into him in the sauna, and I guess he's wearing white basketball shorts or something. And Austin's, like, also just took an edible. <laughs> he's high out of his mind. And he's like, dude, I just started staring at it, and I couldn't stop. <laughs> it was like, it's the hammer of hammer. Just Thor's we're gonna, hammer. We're mm-hmm. going to have to edit so much of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is a good segue to talk about webbed feet. Okay. Do you yeah. want me to pull it out? <laughs> oh, I think, pe- yeah, the people need to <laughs> yeah. see this. Is it true that you have webbed feet? Have, yes or no? I have two webbed toes. <laughs> and did it help your swim career? It's got to help surfing when you got to get into the wave. Yeah. Water that's polo? Like what are we talking? Yeah. Let's oh. see. Hold on. Let's see. There we go. Let's see. But it's not bad. It's like the first knuckle. I can't see from over here. Oh, that's there. pretty nice. You know how weird it is oh, to pull this out? Yeah. I mean, they are slightly webbed. I, I better, say that. If you make money off of my feet, I better get some of that. <laughs> Only I don't. I don't think you're gonna. Th- today's episode is brought to you by FeetFinder.com. <laughs> Use promo code Bombhole for ten percent off. No. Uh, so you do have. So the the rumors are true. You you have a web two web toes. I have two web toes. Yeah. Uh, Only okay. two. What's Only that? Two. What about the other foot? Other other foot's normal. Wow. Yeah. Bit of an alien. Uh, full on. Does it help you get into the waves? Oh, fuck. I don't know. A couple Maybe. extra kicks. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. <laughs> All I can think about is total recall. Like three, yeah, I don't know. No? Fucked up. <laughs> All right, so we got we got the hard-hitting stuff out of the way. Run over by naked, naked boogie boarder, check. Web Dude, feet, check. Billy. Respect to the boogie boarder. Yeah. yeah. Let it be known. Yeah. All right, I, I like, think... That's like got to be, what, like 30 years? Not 30 years later, 20-something years later? You know, it's like a people-don't-forget <laughs> scenario, for yeah, sure. No. <laughs> How do you draw that one up? <laughs> All right, we got some exciting news coming at you from the bomb hole. On January 20th is the Locks Open. And we are partnering with Red Bull TV to do a live stream on Red Bull TV 
for the locks open. We're excited. We're honored to be on Red Bull TV. It's going to be a good time. Now, if you guys remember last year's event, it was electric. There was the monumental frontside air from Gusolini, followed up by Kaishu blasting that method at the pipe final. Zoe dominated slope style. Cleveland put down a monumental run in slope style. And of course, Dusty killed it as well, Dusty Hendrickson. So the best of the best come out to the locks open every year. It's a premier event. So be sure to mark your calendars for January 20th at 5 a.m. We're going to be doing a broadcast for slope style finals. That's 5 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And then at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on January 20th, we're going to be doing half, half pipe finals. Just a good times broadcast covering the event. We're not the official live stream where we're calling the tricks per se. It's more of a loose bomb hole live stream. So be sure to check that out again, January 20th, Red Bull TV. All right, we're going to take a break and talk about one of my favorite places, the snowboard, Mammoth Mountain. Now, they're coming off a record-breaking year last year. They got 715 inches at the base, and they were open until August 6th. Uh, they got some upcoming events coming up. They got the Grand Prix, January 31st to February 3rd. You can watch some of the best snowboarders in the world, Chuck Roast. You want to see some 1800s and some impressive slope style and half pipe riding check out the grand prix uh, always check out mammothmountain.com for updates on the mountains and deals and all things mammoth and let's talk about the mountain itself they got everything you need you want to ride big mountain terrain you want to ride some shoots some cornices you want to get rowdy and pretend you're big mountain jeremy jones well you can do it there they also have incredible snowboard parks. The Unbound Terrain Park crew is the best. They got 10 parks, 100-plus rails, 40-plus jumps at any time, a mini pipe, a mega pipe, countless transition features. It's a good place to go if you want to get really good at snowboarding. And if you get really good, you can ride Main Park. That's where the big dogs go to eat, and the jumps are just built so well. If you ride bad jumps, you feel bad at snowboarding. When you ride good jumps, you feel like a golden god out there. They also got South Park, which is pretty big, a little bit more on the intermediate side, really fun park laps if you want to go there, or one of my favorite warm-up laps, the old Forest Trail. You know, you got a nice pack of jumps, good for some 540s. So they got parks for all ability levels all across the board, whether you're Dusty Hendrickson or you're just trying to learn your first 180. Check out Mammoth Mountain. They are a supporter of the show, and we always have a blast when we go there. All right, this is really fascinating. Uh, you grew up on a boat. People will say, oh, Kurt grew up on a boat. And you're like, great. But when you actually think about you lived on a boat for four years with six of your siblings and sailed around the world on like a pirate ship. Yeah. Um, my, my dad was kind of a nut job. So <laughs> it's like a, it's a pretty long story, but I'm just going to start at the end. So my dad dropped out of high school when he was 17 and uh, – he was actually dodging the Vietnam War draft, bought a sailboat, and uh, him and three of his other friends sailed down to the South Pacific at like, I think, yeah, 17 or 18 at that point. And uh, he circumnavigated the world and then um, had my oldest sister in Hawaii. She lived on the boat. Had my middle sister, who's in between uh, me and Lee, who's my oldest, uh, Shelly. She was born in Curacao on the boat. And then... They made it back to Washington, where I was actually born in Kingston, Washington, on the Olympic Peninsula, and then um, had my brother there, too, and then it was like, I think I lived there until I was like four, and my dad was like, he just was a crazy 
sailor guy. He's like, I got to go back. So he found this boat in uh, France, and it was like 120-foot top-sailed schooner, so like full pirate ship made out of old um, German U-boat steel. So it was really like beefy big boat. And uh, he flew over there, looked at it, and he bought it. And then I remember he came back, and my mom was like, what the fuck? She was so, like, so pissed. And then we all flew over there, got on the boat, thinking it needed a lot of work. And, like, a 120-foot boat, like, you got to have crew the whole deal, especially, like, a boat like that where, like, you got to climb up the mast to, like, manage the sails and stuff. Um, so we brought on, I think it was 11 people most of the time. And uh, so we sailed it from France down to Portugal and then across to the Caribbean, and then that's where they fixed it up because it was cheaper. You brought 11 random people, mm-hmm. including your family? Including my okay. family, 11 crew members. And then, um, and then we'd go up and do the uh, tall ship parades in the Great Lakes. So we'd go up and do that in the summer, and then we'd spend our winters down in the Caribbean. And uh, while we were doing that, my parents figured out that they could take, like, uh, you know, kids that were fucking up and doing stuff and, like, Shanghai them at sea and teach them how to sail, straighten them out. And uh, so that was kind of my dad's program to, like, fund his adventure. Mm-hmm. And then the tall ship parades would also pay you to show up. And uh, while we were doing that, we had a older couple on the boat, um, John and Barb, and my parents taught them how to sail. They, we met them doing the tall ship parades, and then we uh, loaded the boat full of uh, teak wood from Trinidad, and we smuggled it into Canada that they ended up building a boat out of, and um, they ended up sailing down in the Caribbean, up and down the eastern seaboard. We were uh, going through the Delaware Canal going, not sure if we were going up to the Great Lakes or coming back out, but we ended up getting in a head-on collision on the fourth year on the boat with a 600-foot oil tanker, <laughs> and it, like, smashed. You know, luckily the boat was made out of steel, but it smashed, like, there's a big anchor room, anchor chain room in the front of the boat, and it smashed it all the way to the back to the first bulkhead, snapped both the mast, fully dead in the water. Like, it was floating. We were fine. Coast Guard towed the whole deal. Uh, my parents collected the insurance money, and then we moved to Mammoth Lakes, California. But... To tie it all into the couple that built the boat, um, about, it's probably eight years ago, they ended up wanting to sell their boat. My parents were living in Bend, and my dad's like, I can't really afford it. And they're like, we'll sell it to you for a dollar. So my dad flew down to the British Virgin Islands where it was with my mom. They sailed it to Panama. My mom got really sick, and then my dad sailed it by himself from Panama to Hawaii. Like, nut job. Crazy. And then my aunt hopped on the boat and my cousin, and then they sailed it to Oregon. And then down the road, um, I mean, I don't know if I want to, like, go through all this right now, do we? Um, So, yeah, so down the road, uh, my dad ended up passing away. Actually, I was working with um, Eric Jackson for his project uh, alignment. We were up in uh, Terrace, B.C., filming, and it was, like, surf fish movie. It was a super fun project to be a part of, but my dad had a heart attack working in the engine room on the boat and uh, passed away, and that was, you know, terrible thing to go through, obviously, but... Uh, two years ago, my sister and I, right during, was that three years ago now? Right during the start of COVID, um, we grabbed Eric and uh, Connor Winton, filmer, and we took the boat from um, Astoria, Oregon, all the way to the Alaskan border. But we, we, uh, we had grand plans of like, we're going to Bella Coola, we're going to Heli for like uh, 10 days booked, and then we're going to go and fish a bunch of remote steelhead rivers, and we're going to surf on the way back down and make a movie about it. And the Canadian border ended up closing like eight days after we crossed through it because of COVID. And this is like when Seattle was like, for whatever reason, was the hot spot. Mm-hmm. And 
the way that you go up there, like, it's pretty remote, and a lot of it's, like, First Nation villages and stuff. So, like, it's, like, pilgrims come, oh, here, take the blanket, you know? <laughs> like, we're a U.S. boat flying a U.S. flag going to these remote villages, and, like, people really did not want us up there because it was, like, that beginning, like, world's ending, no toilet paper. I mean, my lady was at home, like, what? I don't know what to do, like, and I'm, I wasn't, like, living my best life because it was, like, the most stressful time ever for sure. But it was also like, I don't know, it was Eric, my sister, and I sailing around in the middle of nowhere. And there's there's also, like, normally there's a lot of boats up there. But COVID, everyone was, at, like, locked down. So we're just, like, by ourselves in the middle of nowhere. But obviously the helicopter operation shut down a day before we got there. <laughs> we did one day of splitboarding, nice. <laughs> which this is another good story. We, like, hike up through the... Ah, uh, I was going to hit on this. Actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> We like, this is why I love splitboarding. <laughs> we like leave the boat and like the snow line's super high. So we're just like fucking bushwhacking, climbing through the jungle for like, I don't know, two, at least 2,000 feet, I'd say. And uh, we get all up to the snow line, like, all right, let's transition over to like tour mode. Yeah, they're like, oh, I forgot my skins on the boat. Fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> Back to bootpacking. Luckily, our filmer, Connor, who's epic, he had a uh, K2 board too. <laughs> so, uh, I used his skins. He just shot drone, and Eric and I went way up and snowboarded down. I mean, it wasn't great, but we we did snowboard. And it was also, like, a time when it was like, you don't want to get hurt. You don't want to take up hospital beds. Like, it was like, people are dying. And um, so we pivoted. The whole plan was to get the boat to Alaska because my my dad commercial fished out of there um, when he was, like, in between meeting my mom and sailing around the South Pacific and around the world with his buddies. He was a commercial salmon fisherman up in Alaska and had a lot of good buddies up there. So we we're going to go up and leave the boat there and then um, continue on to Haines and then bring it down and be able to cruise around Southeast Alaska a bit. But it, uh, the, I called the border and their customs and catch cam when we got to the border and they're like, if you come up here, you're going to have to tie to the dock for 14 days. Can't get off the boat. And at this point it's like, I've been on the boat with, I mean, these guys for two months, I think it was. And it's like, you know, you're, the boat's pretty fucking small. It's like this, you know, for most of it. Eric's beard hair is fucking everywhere. <laughs> I'm talking. No, like, like, I couldn't have asked for a better group to do that with, for sure. But uh, it was just, like, ladies freaking out. Everyone's just stressed out. Like, we just got to go home. So, like, we basically, I bought, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 jerry cans, filled it with diesel, and we just went, like, all the way down. I think and we got all the way from Alaska to Bellingham, I think it was like four days or something. Like we were, we were cruising. Are and you sailing, or are you just running the motors at this time? I mean, I'd love to say we were sailing a lot okay. of the time, but up there we're motoring most okay. of the time because it's like everything's. You're on like these inside passages, and everything's so narrow, and like there's crazy tidal flushes. So like there's these huge inlets that go way up, and then when the tide comes out, it all drains, and like the boat will do like six knots max, and sometimes the water's going 20 knots in your face. So you're just like, I just got to pull in and wait. But um, it's crazy to think about like what, how my dad did it back in the day. It was all like, you know, books like tide tables and charts and this and that. Now, like, dude, you got an app on your phone. It's like, oh, the tide's doing this at this day. We got to leave at this time to go to there. And it's all synced up to the chart plotter on the boat and all this shit. It's so much easier. But at the same time, if that shit fails and you don't know the other stuff, you just be like, oh God, I'm coming in dark, you know? (laughs) But... Yeah. So where's the boat now? The boat's in Port Angeles right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, we still have it. Thanks, freaking mortgage for those things. It's just rotting. Boats are the worst. Worst. In, I don't know how my parents got into it, or 
I mean, they're great if you're using them every day, but if they're just sitting, it's like the worst thing ever. It's just sitting in salt water, just decaying. And we still have that boat sitting in Port Angeles. One thing I thought was interesting about that, too, is like you guys were pulling up and like the native uh, people were like pulling shotguns on you or something. Yeah, that happened one time. We're, we tried to pull into this spot to get, well, having the gun happened once. You didn't actually like pull it on us, but like, we came into this spot where it was like a known like stopping place to get gas and the tide was in our face and we're just like, okay, let's just pull in here. And we pulled in, the guy walked down with a shotgun on his back and he was just like, no, don't even think about it. He didn't like point it at us Because or of COVID, right? Because of COVID. So it's like, don't bring COVID here, yeah. we're chilling. Yeah, they're super, super isolated. And then in another spot, we tied up to get fuel. <laughs> Not today, Columbus. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> another spot we tied in, get fuel, and then... We went in to get groceries. They were like, no, you can't do that. Cops came to the fuel dock. They're like, what are you doing? We're like, hey, this is our plan. We're going up to Alaska, blah, blah, blah. They're like, okay, that's fine. Like, we crossed the border. Everything we did was legal at that time, I guess. I don't know. It felt, it felt super weird. Like, some people you'd see were like, yeah, it's all good. You know, like, we've been on this boat for a month and a half with four of us. Like, we're more quarantined than anybody, probably, <laughs> you know? But other people were just like, who are you? What are you doing here? You know, we're trying to get diesel. The cops show up, and we had to get groceries at one spot. We couldn't tie up. They, like, put in an order. They brought down half of the stuff we ordered, paid for all of it, and just put it, like, at the end of the dock, and we couldn't tie up. We just, like, pulled alongside, threw all the food on the boat, and kept going. So it was kind of like the most rad trip, but it was also, like, I don't know. Like, it's weird when you're in an area. It's like people just don't want you there in a way. Like, when we were out... And, like, where there was nobody and, like, fishing or doing whatever, it was, like, the coolest thing ever. But anytime we had to go into port and you get into service, it's like, oh, world's ending. People don't want us here. It's just like, ah, fuck, this sucks. Couldn't have been worse timing, really. (laughs) What's the beer count? That's what I really need to know. Beer count was insane. (laughs) Like, high, high of highs. We'd be, like motoring for like two days or something or like let's say we're on we'd anchor up every night the but pub like, was flowing so the pub, to speak. pub was flowing mm. i mean we'd like pull we pulled up all the floorboards in the boat and just stuffed it with tin barrel beer <laughs> before we were like because we're like maybe go through customs and won't get caught because beer in canada is crazy expensive and tobacco products or snooze or whatever but not that i do that stuff but, <laughs> but you go like so we stuff it all full of thing and Going into Canada was so easy. It was like you check in online, and they're just like, yeah, you're good, go. No one came on the boat, nothing. I was like, crazy. Could have moved some units into this place, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Should have brought more beer. Um, but it was like we'd be doing these long poles, like, all all day, and it'd be like 10 a.m., and so you could hear, like, someone would be driving, and you just hear a can crack, and you're like, yeah, let's do this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was really, like, stressed out and just, I don't know. I can see E Jack being a big help on this on this boat. Quest. He was he was a big help, but he <laughs> he he gets really seasick, and a lot of time when the when shit's gonna break, it's when the boat's fucking moving around a lot. So like we had one point where we're going around this spot. It's called Cape Caution. It's just on the northern tip of Vancouver Island, and we're going around. It gets pretty pretty violent, and uh, the boat's just like taking on water, and we couldn't figure it out. Like I'm just like fuck. All the bilge pumps are on. It's keeping up, but it's like. You know, rule number one of boating is keep the water on the outside of the boat. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> like. So Connor's driving, which sucks because we didn't really get to film this, because Connor's driving, and my sister and I, like, she started at the front of the boat, I started at the back, and we're just ripping fucking boards apart, trying to figure out where the water's coming in. And there was an air conditioning, like, drain hose that my dad, like, ripped the air conditioner out. He's, like, used to waste of diesel or whatever, running the generator. So he, like, pulled it out, but he never, like, plugged the hose. 
So when like the waves get really bad, it like the hole went underwater and it just started siphoning. And the hose is like mm-hmm. that big around. So I'm like pulling up the floorboards and all of a sudden I just pull up this hose and it's just like, <laughs> like just spraying. And I'm like, oh shit. But then I'm like, okay, is this like cooling for the engine? Like, am I going to fuck something up if I just plug it? So then we like, my sister's on one side of the wall and I'm like pulling on the hose. She's pulling on it. And then I get to the other side of the wall and we're like tracing this thing all the way back to the end of the boat where it went out and I was like oh so we just grabbed a wood cork and slammed it in there and hose clamped it and it was like good to go (laughs) (laughs) but it was like you know it's those situations so was E-Jack a big help in that situation no he was not he was laying in bed face down just like oh (laughs) I felt bad for him though being seasick sucks (laughs) that trip we just did to Antarctica the boat was like we came back it was like 26 foot seas or something it was rolling I had Mm -hmm. I don't usually don't get seasick I had like patches on (laughs) I was taking medicine Austin got kind of like no one puked, but it was like it was it was a real deal. We were eating dinner and like dishes are flying across the room. It's pretty funny. Jake's basically a cockroach over there. He's just sucking down cigs, wearing speed shades the entire time. Dude, Jake is insane. <laughs> I've got photos on my phone. Like I shared a room with Jake, and I'll be going to bed, and he's got like this weird infrared light that he uses for like his muscle joint shit or something. The bat cave. But it's like eleven at night. We're watching like our tenth movie for the day, and he's like got his speed shades on, and it's just like bright red glowing around his head, and I'm looking over like. You good, dude? Like, what's going on over there? We had the side door open, so like we had a full walkthrough so we could see what was going on, but it would just be like pitch black, and all of a sudden you just see this like glowing red light. We're like, what the fuck is happening over there? <laughs> so, Kurt, I heard that you and Jake are working on a movie based on kind of your whole childhood and sailing around the world and all that. Yeah, so when my dad passed away, he left my siblings and I that, that boat that I was talking about. And um, it was like, hey, you know, I'm into, like, snowboarding thing, obviously, the fishing thing, obviously. And there's really good – it's, like, the, some of the best steelhead fishing in the world is up in B.C. It's no secret or anything. So uh, my sister – and well, it was my idea, and my sister was, like, I need her to come along because she's, like, co-captain the whole thing. She knows more about boats than I do. And Eric was the perfect person, and Connor was the perfect person to film for it. And it was going to be, like, a tribute to my dad – was like we took his ashes up there. We're gonna spread them in one of his favorite places, and we did. We ended up doing all that, but COVID obviously wrecked a lot of it. But the movie's still coming. But then, so we got home, and this is a whole other dark story. My mom ended up passing away. She she'd been battling cancer since I was like twelve, I think, and I think the doctor gave her three years when I was thirteen. So it was like she made it until I was thirty five. Like it was we were beyond lucky to have those years with her, but. Another funny thing, like in her final year, she was like, I just want to travel and do it. I'm like, you know what? Do you, you know, she had like terminal bone cancer, but it was like suppressed, but she ended up traveling all around and then she landed in Turkey somehow and like talking all the time with her. And she's like, Hey, I might buy a house over there. And I was like, what if you do? Don't buy a house over there. You know, like don't buy a house in Turkey, just rent, rent. It's fine. If you really love it after a year, whatever, two weeks later, she's like, so I bought a house. I was like, fuck <laughs> two weeks after that. She's like, hey, I'm, I'm really not feeling well. And I was, like, gearing up for my Deschutes Guide season. And, like, um, I was like, oh, fuck. So I called my brother and, like, dude, we got to go to Turkey. Him and I bought flights that night, flew out the next day, went and got her. She was really in rough shape. Had to figure out she, like, transferred all of her money and stuff into Turkish bank. Like, it's such a... It is very confusing over there. <laughs> like I've I've traveled quite a bit. I've been lucky enough to travel quite a bit through snowboarding and that is just a different animal. So she bought this house. We like got her home, thankfully, and 
a lot of her finances out of it, but she still has this house and it's just been like, but she ended up passing away in this summer and um, with all, I'm super lucky to have great siblings, Lee, Shelly, Martin, I love you all. We were all by her side until the end. It was rad, but I mean, it was the worst thing ever, but to have like siblings that you can lean on in that situation was huge. And now we're like still feeling with Turkish lawyers and all this shit about this house. So if you want to go to, I think it's like Fethiye, Turkey, I got a spot there. <laughs> okay. If you want to go chill. But with nice the movie, Airbnb. sorry, I'm fucking rambling, sidetracking all, yeah. all over the place. With the movie, it just opened up like this was for my dad. But at the same time, my mom raised freaking four kids on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Like, if anything, she's more badass than my dad. So now it's like this new chapter of like multiple chapters that we have to add in and do all this stuff. And we were super lucky that my mom shot a bunch of interviews and stuff for the movie for my dad. So I think um, we just have to relook at it and tweak it. And is there's something coming, but it's just, it's such a hard deal too. Like making a snowboarding movie is one thing. It's like front five, blah, 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 blah. You know, you're like good music, edit it. But like making like a, a story-based movie like I did a lot of voiceover stuff it's just like it's so hard and to tell the story the right way I want it to be good and it was getting pretty good but it wasn't where it quite needed to be yet and then that happened and now we're like the book just got freaking peeled wide open again um but also what I think you're you're leaving out to a bit is I've seen some of the the cuts and stuff and um of the edits that Jake has done and whatnot and there's a crazy amount of like old footage. Oh, oh and there so that's is what, for sure. Yeah, like where and why was that all? Because oh, there's yeah. so much of you and the kids and you know running around the boat. It's pretty wild. Well, we obviously the boat was huge, and my I was just like a lot of it was that John and Barb, who my um, parents got that boat from. They just like took a bunch of photos and filmed a bunch, and it's like you know I'm like six years old running around on a pirate ship barefoot, and we got like dogs and cats on the <laughs> boat and stuff, and like the old family footage is incredible. And it it's all ties into like, it's if I'm I don't know I'm so attached to it and so like in it like I, it could totally suck I don't know but I think there's definitely something there and I want to just like make the best thing that we can possibly make and obviously with the going through the stuff with my mom it was just like the family was like in mourning for like you know that shit fucks you up it's freaking it was the worst thing I've ever been through like when my dad died it was like equally as bad but it's he like died I was away from it you know and then like watching someone go through that at the end and being with him it was just a weird fuck me up for a while but it's in another way it like puts I think it's good because it puts a lot of shit in perspective like oh that doesn't fucking matter you know it's like all those other things it's like that like this matters you know like these people mm-hmm. this doing these things it's like it, it's kind of good in a way I mm-hmm. don't know well, it seems like your parents did a great job raising your family, too. You guys are all really close. And one thing, a perspective from somebody else, like an outsider like myself, like haven't spent much time on boats. I can't imagine being on a pirate ship with no <laughs> fucking land in sight at three years old with my family. Like that that experience is totally abnormal and incredible. You Straight know? up. It was Cezic Family Robinson style. <laughs> yeah. I remember like, I mean, I was pretty young, but like it was like... I don't know. You grew up and you're so close. You're so tight. You're, there's like different views every day. But like, I remember like my favorite thing was like, when we go to port, I get like real milk in my cereal and shit, like not powdered <laughs> milk. I was like, this is so much better. This is so good. <laughs> and then like, I remember like getting a bike for the first time that was on the boat. And then I'd be like, still, can we go shores? I can ride my bike, like shit like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
What about the bowl cuts? I mean, I've seen yeah. some. I don't, I don't know what was up with my mom, but like all of my childhood photos, I'm wearing like a golf shirt, khaki shorts, and I have a mean bowl cut. And my brother has a bowl cut. My sister has a bowl They're cut. so good. I think she just like. Yeah. like They're nice. It's yeah. efficient. You just throw the bowl in there. <laughs> yeah. That shit's actually trending here in Salt Lake. Uh, it's yeah. come, it's yeah. I've been back. seeing some uh, images <laughs> coming out. He's actually got the bowl in. Yeah, I got, he's got a bowl cut in the front. It's all slick back. You're not going to be able to see it, but it's in there. Go look at another episode. It's a bowl cut in the front, mullet in the back. It's a little bit of a hybrid. You're ahead of the game. Trendsetter. Trendsetter. So then, so let's go, you move back to Mammoth, right? Yeah. And, and that's incredible because that's where you kind of sharpened your teeth as a young snowboarder. You're like a super grom. Yeah, I kind of was, which is like looking back on it now, I think it's kind of like, like I wouldn't change anything. I don't think like, my, I was really lucky because my parents took the insur- insurance money from the boat and they bought this really shitty house, but the house was like, uh, like right next to Canyon Lodge. It was like one house and our house. And then like I get home from school and I just go snowboard and like it turned into like, you know, mammoth gets fucking ape shit. Like we've got prime parking. It was like pretty soon, like Billy's parking at our house and like Jeff Anderson is parking at our house and they're hanging. Like everyone's like riding back to the house for lunch and they're taking me snowboarding. But like getting sponsored at that young of an age, I feel like kind of slowed me down it didn't like slow me down but it's like oh fuck i got sponsors i'm pretty good like i don't have to like try as hard as like you know what i mean and like and then i started filming in the backcountry when i was like 16 where i wish i would have like kind of got stuck in the park a little bit longer and learned more tricks and like you know gone that route but i wouldn't change it for a thing either because like i'm i've always you know once you like get a taste of the powder thing and get proficient on the snowmobile and like there's no like for me, there's no better thing, you know, like for, and not everybody has that opportunity. I don't want to, like, I was super privileged to have that opportunity to ride soft snow and like be able to go into the mountains and had the, I don't know, the influences and the guys take me out, you know, like I got pretty hooked up for sure. You, you had Billy Anderson take you around (laughs) and you went, you went, you didn't go like, like, oh, I'm hanging with my childhood Grom friends, and we're, like, <laughs> going to the local rail jam. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. You're like, uh, yeah, Billy's introducing me to, like, uh, Jamie Lynn at age, like, 12. Oh, totally. Uh, here's right? the totally. keys to the castle, Curtis. Yeah. Come, yeah, yeah, like, Come experience this. Did you get tattooed yeah. by like, Jamie at a young age or something? Yeah, I was, like, 18. I have a tattoo in here. It's, like, uh, old sailboat. It's, like, the sailboat painting he did. Did you yeah. start skiing at all, or did you go straight to snowboarding? No, I grew up ski racing. I was in, okay, like, okay. a ski program. <laughs> my mom. Was uh, that even before the boat stuff? So you were, like, skiing before then? Uh, yeah. So I grew up, like, I first started skiing when I was, like, two at okay, Crystal. Okay, okay. My parents were all about it. Okay. And, um, my mom worked at Mammoth in the past office, so she, we got us all tickets and discounted into, like, Mighty Mites or something. And my s- oldest sister was, like, she was about to go on the Junior Olympic team. Like, she was really fast, really good, and she was over it. And then I started skateboarding and snowboarding, and it was, like, yeah, and then it was that. over. Yeah. And then, yeah, I remember, forget, I gotta tell this one story where... Billy would obviously take me out and I'd some, we'd like, we had a trampoline in our backyard and we'd take the posts up and like set them, set them over in the snow and like set up a rail and Eric Jackson and I, cause Eric and Jackson, and I, we've known each other since we were like freaking nine or something. We used to compete against each other in USASA and our house was right next to the mountain. So it was like the clubhouse and my parents were super rogue. They're just like, come over, we'll feed everybody. Well, you know, super welcoming, great people, but also like very loose, like just fucking don't kill yourself. Just do whatever you want, you know? But we, like, set up this rail, and Eric and I are hitting it. We're trying to learn, like, board slides or front boards or something. And then, like, Jeff Anderson just, like, I think it's the first time we met Jeff. He, like, walked out of nowhere with, like, I was like, 
I don't know who else was there, like some mammoth, Bobby George, or maybe Billy was with him or something. And then pretty soon we're sessioning this rail with Jeff, and I'm just like, I'm like 12 years old, I'm like this is fucking crazy, you know? And then went on to like, Billy started dating my oldest sister eventually, and then it was like, he was just hanging at the house all the time, and then there's this one story where Jeff was, his powder day, Jeff was riding, he like butt-checked a rock super hard and thought he broke his tailbone. And instead of, like, going home, he just rode straight to our house and, like, lived on our couch for, like, five days. <laughs> like, my mom's, like, feeding him, and we're just playing fucking Mario Kart, like, all hours of the day. It was the sickest thing ever. But, like, like being that age and having that was, like, I mean, so fortunate, for sure. Dude, I have this vivid memory of Last Call, because we're the same age, pretty much. Yeah. I remember I was at Last Call, and you and I think Sammy Lubkey or something. <laughs> Probably Sammy. We're... we're on the East Coast, and I'm like, oh, these are the, like, California pros are here at last call. Holy shit, there's Curtis. Like, and probably you and Magoon are just fucking us up. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was cool to see you, like, cruising around, because you were big-time, like, Grom in the magazines and all that shit. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I mean, I had, like, a checkout of, I'm, like, you have the photo. It's coming up yeah. at some point. Yeah. Super so, embarrassing. Well, I actually want to say mm-hmm. you've had a lot of prolific photos. you got the cover <laughs> Trans World. You've had a great career, yeah. many covers. But I think the, one, the one you're bringing up. The the best for sure the photo best. of your entire career is your, like, what the pros are rocking or checkout or whatever yeah, what, it is. What the kids are rocking. What the, ki- the groms are rocking or something. Yeah. It's puffy everything. So, Gus, <laughs> you, I have it right here. Do you want to see it? Oh, you got the puffy? Yeah, yeah, I'll show yeah you straight up puffy yeah. coats, puffy pants. <laughs> Fucked yeah. up. Yeah, this is, look at, the, look at this kid. Just, uh, um, puffy coat, puffy yeah. pant, puffy cheeks. Yeah. I, mean. <laughs> I still have the cheeks. It's not, it's, the cheeks haven't changed. Thanks. I remember uh, we... Well, I don't know if we want to parlay into this or that, but we were working at High Cascade, like Sally Butler, who owned Volcano yep. Cones. She found that photo and made me sign it, and it was, like, right behind <laughs> yeah. the ice cream thing, and I was just like, you bitch. You bitch. This kid frequents here. <laughs> yeah. You should, too. Look at his cheeks. He loves ice cream. <laughs> Rocky Road. <laughs> Rocky. But even being a kid, too, like, uh, you know, Billy and Mariner, didn't they take you to Mexico when you're, like, 14 or oh, something? Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot about that story. Yeah, too, Mariner that. wanted me to bring this up. You going to Mexico when you're yeah, 14. Yeah, so we, it was actually funny. You got that photo of Troy surfing that wave in your office. Yeah. So we went down there and we surfed there. We stayed at Gaviotas, and I was, I think I was 15. I had, like, a permit as my ID, <laughs> no passport, no nothing, like, driver's license permit style. And Billy and Mariner, and they all took me down there, and they're, like, trying to go to the bar, and the bouncer's, like, zero fucking chance. <laughs> fat cheat kid like no like whatever and they're like all right let's bail and i was like what if i just got in a cab it's like 20 minutes down the road like i mean goonies just came out they they know who the truffle shuffle is yeah we get it fuck you so so long story short i'm like i'll just i'll just get in a cab and i'll just go back to gaviotas it's like a 30 minute drive but by by myself this is my first time in mexico so i don't really know and I'm like, Rosarito to Gaviotas by myself with the cab driver. They go to the bar, and I'm just like, I, I mean, it was fine. It ended up being fine, but we're like, go to like, there's like the army checkpoints and stuff, and I'm just like, what the fuck? With like some dude that's just smoking Marbreds that doesn't speak English. <laughs> Miyamu Curtis. <laughs> Hola, amigo. <laughs> well, we, we've been having a, a lot of talk about Billy Anderson here, so we actually have a guest question from none other than oh, Billy God. Anderson. Here I know go. where this is going. <laughs> Hello, Bombhole. Long-time listener, second-time caller. Got a question for Curtis. Curtis, I understand that you've been to Baldface yep. many, many times. Here it comes. Uh, what would you recommend <laughs> for lunch? I heard they have a really good steak wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Do 
do we really want to do this one? I mean, I'm we going to tell the story. The people need this, Kurt. We got the photo to back it up, too. Fuck. Oh, I the got the photo. photo. Yeah, I got the yes. photo from Jake. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So we're at Ballface. I have been very fortunate. I, um, I rode for Vulcan for, well, I got on Vulcan when I was like 14 or 15. Like, not got, like, they started giving me shit, you know? And then, like, really, like, got my first contract after I started filming. I think I got, like, travel budget. I filmed a little bit for Scramble with Jana, but whatever. They do a lot of – they sponsor Volcom – or sponsor Baldface, so they do a lot of team trips up there and company trips, and I've been invited – or I was invited on a lot of them. and um, Got to know the staff pretty well, and, you know, it turns – it gets – you know, you have a couple when you're up there from time to time, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was one night where we went a little too far, for sure. Like, that does – Happen demolishing and, ice cold beers is what you're talking about. Yeah, and I woke up, I woke up late to like just enough time, like miss breakfast, miss packing a lunch, <laughs> put the boots on, get in the cat, just like oh my god, fuck my life. Why do I do this? Which is the worst thing you can possibly do when you go to those places. It's like you're on an epic powder snowboarding trip, and you just wake up like fuck me, <laughs> you know, like just a shell of a human, a shell of a human, and then. <laughs> The worst possible thing you can do for a hangover is get in the back of a cat. <laughs> it is just a hot, steamy box that's just rattling around. Whatever. So we're at, like, half like the bar, day. Yeah. I'm holding on, you know, by a thread. Probably threw up a couple times, whatever. And uh, I'm like, I didn't bring any lunch. Fuck, whatever. And then the cat driver's like, oh, I have, a, I have a wrap for you. And I was like, oh, that'd be fucking huge. Throws it to me, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm in the back of the cat. There's 12 people in these things, right? You got six across the front, six across the back. And I'm sitting right in the middle. And I just grab this wrap, peel it open, and I just bite into this bad boy. And there happened to be a blue dildo in the middle of it. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm sitting there, but the story gets better. And it's all coming back to me. I'm like, the night before, I'm like, we're all fucked up. Homie Jay, great guy up there. He does all the maintenance and stuff. He's like... I'm going to make a burrito with a dildo for Cordell. And I was like, yes, let's do this. So I'm back there in the kitchen with them. We're like putting salsa on this thing. I'm helping them wrap it, the whole deal. And as soon as my teeth sunk into that rubber object, I was like, it's all flashing back. And I was like, no, no. Kind of a more than, more than a mouthful scenario. No, there's like full teeth marks in it. And no one knows yet, you know, but I know the cat driver knows. So I'm like weighing my options. It's still sitting in my hands. I'm looking at it. And I'm just like. There's there's nothing I can do. There's like, what do you throw out the fucking window? He's like, say you didn't take a bite of it. Like, try to flip it upside down and you're shoulder to shoulder back there. I'm just like, all right, fuck it. Just pull it out. I'm like, good one, homie Jay, blah, blah, blah. It's like, Cannon Cummins asked me about it this year at the... Uh, high maintenance? At the high maintenance. Oh, no, high maintenance no, is what we were. low maintenance, yeah. <laughs> we were high maintenance. Kind of comes full circle there, actually. Oh, my God. I was like... Yes, I got got. I got got. got. And I did it to myself. <laughs> Full teeth Legendary. Marks. So good. Actually, up there, there's always like the crazy fireworks shenanigans and stuff oh like that. God. And I noticed this year, we, you and I were up there, and uh, you seem to be like running away from me at a rapid pace because of like, you know, the Roman candles I've got, I've got maybe trauma. being shot at you. And yeah, I wonder trauma if you want to yeah, touch base on a little of the um, Roman candle trauma. Um, Jana Mayan. Bless her heart. One of the best of all time. And she actually did, like, there's people like Billy and Jana's up there with him for, like, giving me opportunities and helping me. Like, she co-signed for me, I think, on my second snowmobile for my loan. Like, mm-hmm. rad and took me around that scramble year with uh, Trent Ludwig. But 
Fourth of July at her house. Roman Candle War. It's like the last fucking... Billy was actually there for this. Last Roman Candle, like, in the thing. We're having wars, blah, blah, blah. I'm wearing goggles the whole night. Take them off. And she just fucking pegs me from, like, 50 <laughs> yards. And it goes into my eye, <laughs> under my eyelid, and is, like... Like, speaking of pirates, actually. <laughs> but my, like, emergency room, faces in a vice for three hours at two in the morning. Dude's, like, fucking picking shit out of my eye. Then I'm working at camp, digging. I have to go back up there, full eye patch. <laughs> Just like 15 years old, it's all just gooey. I take the, I, it sucks so bad. But luckily, I didn't lose any vision. The guy was like, I got super lucky. So yeah, then we're having Roman like Pash gets Roman candles at bald face, and he's chasing me around. I was like, ah, and I'm like, oh, no, not again. You know, like, fuck. Pash, not cool, not cool, not no, cool, no, man. No, 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 no. Get Austin, get Austin. Well, uh, I think this is a good segue for a guest question from Ega uh, Baxter. Here we go. Mm. Hey, Kurt. It's your friend I'm in. You're not my friend. Please tell everyone <laughs> about your gear him. drying technique after snowboarding. Ah, yes. <laughs> I How's the a- new garage looking? <laughs> love you, bye. I love him. He's the best. One of my favorite people in the world. Um, I have unorthodox gear drying techniques sometimes. <laughs> Depends on the day. I have, I'm a big fan of if it's in the truck, you can't forget it. Yeah, I like that. So, you know, you just heat on high on the way up, goggles on the dashboard, heat on high on the way down. Um, yeah, but I did, like, we have a new garage, and I just, like, built this, like, closet with a heater, and I'm really hoping that I can grow out of this habit, but I probably won't. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. no. Uh, yeah, it. basically been told that you uh, disregard your gear after riding, beeline it to the couch, do not think about the gear till... Seven up to seven a.m. the next day. Yes. Yeah, thousand yeah. percent. You know yeah. the goggles, like they get the moisture in between the lenses. Have you guys ever heard of après ski? By <laughs> no, I'm just, <laughs> just lodged in his backpack, like never coming out. You're like, those are gonna be nice tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's so good when you're like battling something. You're like, oh, I got more goggles in here. Like you're battling a trick or something. You put your goggles on. And you're just like, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Pash, you got any extra goggles? <laughs> classic, so classic, classic line. And Austin's equally as bad as I am. I feel like like when we were filming together, it was just like, I don't like, she's like two different gloves, you know, like shit like that all the time. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Good segue into maybe talking uh, snowmobiles. Oh, God. Fuck. Polaris. Yeah, this, feels, <laughs> this feels like it's going to be more of a roast of me. <laughs> I don't think it will. I don't think oh, it no. will. Well, first, no. first question would be do or poo. <laughs> I mean, I ride ski I've always ridden ski But there's a reason behind that. Always? Uh, Maybe that's a good segue. Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not always. There was there was a, a very dark time. <laughs> in the there. It, was, it was the worst decision ever. It was actually hilarious. But um, I, we started on ski because we ended up filming a lot in Canada because Canada's got rad shit and super easy. Like, if you're trying to film a backcountry video part, there's no better place than around Whistler or Rebel St- You know, it's like... You all the greats, Devin, like you know Lucas, whatever, they all come out of there, or most of them, you know, and uh, it's just very easy. Not I wouldn't say it's easy, but the train there is incredible. Um, and Polaris didn't really have a like a footmark there, right? Like if your sled broke down, you had a Polaris, you had to drive it back to the states to get it fixed. It's all ski do, so we all ran ski do's from the beginning. And once you're once you go do, you just never go back, you know. It's just <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, but. I'm so glad that Polaris is in the industry because if they weren't, like, Articat and Yamaha are fucking 
done, basically. It's like Skeeto and Polaris are just pushing each other and making better and better stuff. Yeah, the Alpha and is pretty nice. The Alpha. Alpha, alpha Yeah, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> the Danger Kitty? If I got one for free, I'd ride the shit out of it. A thousand percent. <laughs> but, I, would, I would bleed green. Arctic Cat? You guys <laughs> would ride an Arctic Cat? That thing that comes for insane. free? That thing comes for free? Meow, meow. Meow, meow, my good man. Meow, meow. But I do feel like Skidoo's on top right now with the Gen 5 Turbo. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that thing is coming apart at all times. I mean, the amount of time that I've seen those things like in pieces and uh, just in parts and all over the place, which actually maybe leads into a nice little gift that um, I drove down this morning from Idaho uh, <laughs> to meet up with you guys. And so um, I was able to uh, pack this with me, but I brought a gift, uh, Chris, in the bomb hole for you kind of on behalf of Curtis. Okay. Um, yeah, this is exciting. Yeah, yeah, let me... So uh, for the listeners that can't see, uh, I'll provide some context for people that are listening. Okay, I'm going to step away for a second so and I'll he, uh, deliver this. He has on the floor here a giant box, maybe six feet long-ish, uh, about not a foot wide. It could it be a wrapped like box. a Christmas present. <laughs> it's wrapped like a Christmas present. Now he's going to put it on the table here. <sighs> Try to not Steady. knock over the camera. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. what do we got here? Mm-hmm. Looks like it came in a Dyson box underneath. I see this guy's, he's obviously doing well financially if he has a Dyson. Mm. He's, the new job at uh, North Face is paying well if he's buying a Dyson. <laughs> it's basically a new snowmobile. Yeah, you're Aaron's welcome, gonna, Aaron. Aaron's yeah. going to love this. Yeah. <laughs> here, honey, I brought you a new vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I got you. You're welcome. All right, rip this thing open, Kurt. What uh, do we got? You can. I made it pretty easy, Kurt, so we can actually help. I'll help you with it on this side. Oh, it's an unveiling. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right, what do we got here? Well, well, I kind of, yeah. Is it a Dyson? It's a, it's a multi-gift gift. Mm-hmm. First, we have mm. a <laughs> Colorado Smart Wolf sock. They're actually, these are my favorite ones, the thin ones. Yeah, you sent the those to me before uh, as well. No, the, the crazy thing is, is that these socks are actually the nicest ones they make, but it is a crazy look. <laughs> <laughs> the Colorado flag? Yeah, but I figured these are good for the bomb hole right yeah. for you guys. Yeah, we love Rado. At the, at okay, the so now we have... The skid <laughs> off of my sled. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Um, nice yellow skid. You can't tell it's not that bent, but it's pretty bent. <laughs> so I bent this. Um, obviously, when you're filming snowboarding, you're doubling, sometimes tripling a lot, and a lot of weight on the back end of the sled. And that Skidoo Turbo just has so much fucking power <laughs> that <laughs> that if with three people on it, um, bent them, and it was still rideable. I just kept changing the high faxes over and over again. But eventually I was like, I found some uh, rails on Facebook Marketplace for like 300 bucks. And then we switched them in Pashley's garage last winter? Last winter, yeah. And then I just uh, accidentally left them there. Yeah, accidentally. <laughs> we get to like the summer, my wife's like, oh, Pash, what is this? And I was like, yeah, what is this? <laughs> like fucking Curtis like left all this shit here. So now it's kind of like, but it is like one of those best friend necklaces. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. me to the bomb hole. So I have one of the skids and now you have the other rail. Well, mind you, he was tripling too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was. It's more was about tripling. the weight of his passengers than it is about the machine itself. <laughs> Big Air Jer, not huge dude. His shoulders, oh, like, I he's, think a, he, he's a beefcake. I think he's taking HGH. Yeah, he's got to be. He's getting wide huge. Load. I would blame that on. That has nothing to do with the machine. That's Big Air Jer on HGH. <laughs> That's your issue right there. It's not a skidoo. We did like a f- road trip back from low maintenance from Baldface in Austin's like '94 Volkswagen with. <laughs> Benford, Jer, Jake, and I, and Austin in this thing. We're like, any pothole we hit, the thing's just bottoming out and scraping the ground. But Jer's sitting in the middle, and I'm literally like face up against the window. Like, his shoulders are so wide. Yeah. He's just brick shit. How was that uh, border crossing? Was that, um, that might be a nice little uh, tidbit for everyone to hear about? Oh, the way down. 
I mean, your border crossings in general. Okay, I've had a rough go at the border, <laughs> which is crazy because I keep it pretty tight around that that thing. And the way that I mean, okay, I'm on a Vulcan trip going to Baldface, very lucky. And <laughs> Terry is in the car, Vernon Dex in the car, and Seth Hewitt's driving, who was the team manager at the time. And for whatever reason. Um, Vernon, the border agent, asked us all what we did for a living, and Vernon said he was a snowboarder for some reason. Don't know why. And then they, whatever, went in, did what they did, and they're like, he lied to us, therefore you all lied to us. You guys can't come into Canada tonight. Made us sign some, like, declaration that we were withdrawing our entry. And now, like, up until this last winter, I had a red flag on my passport every time. And it was just like, I go to Canada probably, like, 10 times a winter. So it's like, okay. I got to picture in another, like, or, like, set another hour at the border just in case it, like, because for a while it was, like, straight inside, trucks getting pulled apart, blah, blah, blah. Because it said I was untruthful to a border agent on the thing. Like, I'm a liar. And I was just, like, I was fucking 22 years old sitting in the car. And I'm just, like, hosed. But last year we were going up for low maintenance, and the guy, I was, like, dude, I mean, I ask him every time I go in, like, this is what happened. What can I do? He's like, you can't do anything. You lied to a border agent. And he's like, you know what? Since it's Christmas, I'm going to take this off for you. And now I'm just like, (gasps) it used to be like so stressful. It's like you're in trouble every time you go across a border and they're just like all going through my phone and shit, looking at my text messages. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, I think we should go back to snowmobiles because you you talked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Sorry. Sorry. There there was a brief uh, moment in time where you switched brands. (laughs) Yeah. So, so Austin been like one of my best probably my best friend forever besides my brother of course but like you know we've done travel over the place done a lot of fun stuff together and um he's like hey there's like these yamaha nitros and actually jake price kind of started this he had one but it was we it was just way underpowered and heavy and austin's like well what if we get it with like a turbo on it i was like it's pretty sick you know for like use two-stroke oil like we're saving money at that point (laughs) so he gets a he gets a turbo and I get a supercharged Yamaha Nitro. And his blows up fucking day one, five miles from the truck. His is, his is, his is out immediately. And mine, mine was a runner. I got mine used from this full neck that like probably sunk like 40 grand into this piece of shit. It was the worst snowmobile ever. But it also required me to run half Avgas, half premium. Mm-hmm. So it was like everywhere we went, it's like, yo, can we hit the airport? I got like 10 jerry cans I got to fill up to mix every day. I'm like really saving on the fucking oil at this point. And the thing is like, I don't know, it's like having a fucking ton in front of you and it like any tree well just wants to go in unless they're on the throttle but you grab the throttle with the supercharger at 270 horse like at your thumb and it's throwing snow like a quarter mile through the trees we'd call we'd call it shamu because it would just like dive into the tree wells and it'd just be like it's like whoosh and then like sometimes there'd be people behind me and they're just like fucking visors are getting blown off their helmets and the, also, like, the <laughs> shittiest thing of it is, like, you get to the point where it's, like, breaking trail through the trees, fun, whatever. Everyone's having a good time. And then it's, like, the one, like, gnarly hill punch that's, like, probably going to avalanche. Everyone's just, like, <laughs> let's see it. You know? <laughs> and you're just, like, fuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, then uh, quickly sold that thing and got How is it when that thing gets stuck? Because oh, the four-stroke, those things oh weigh fucking damn, thousand God, pounds. God, dude, it was like... The one time. Not even <laughs> not even fucking try by yourself. Like, team, team, we got an issue, and I'm about 200 yards higher up the hill than any of you can make it. So, like, 
Yeah, yeah. Get on foot. <laughs> there was a period there where there were a ton of people with Yamahas. I mean, that, I was working at Solomon at that time, and there were like it was like Benedict, Jake. Yeah, we had two Basage. of them. The RX. It was the RX one because I think it was like a. I'm not a big street racer, street bike guy, but I think it was like an R one motor. It or was. It was. Motor. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it was like fast as fuck, but. Yeah. So heavy. Yeah, it was. I mean, we called the arcs one time. Like, it was just like you got that thing stuck. It was like, ah, fucking leave it till spring. Oh, yeah, no, no. no. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was oh, a fun a bunch point. Of y'all going. And DC, I remember DC. Yeah, they were Bjorn all... used. To, I remember seeing Bjorn out in Logan on one of those absolute <laughs> boats, just fucking. <laughs> Which is crazy because remember, like, I don't know if you guys remember the Mountain Maxes. They were oh, triples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were actually pretty good mm-hmm. way back. Like those were runners. The for sure. OG chassis yeah. that was fucking yeah low handlebars. That's the, yeah. That's the other craziest thing. Like what snowmobiles were and now what they are. It's like. You get on like an 03 RMK, which was like the dream machine. You're just like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, how did people get anywhere on these things? I just saw who was just selling an Arctic, uh, like an old one, uh, G-Don. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 600. Uh, Max Warmington was Max, selling. Max, Max. 600 selling. bucks on the trailer. I was like, dude, I kind of want to buy this thing. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, for Round Bachelor, like, or where we snowmobile in Oregon, it's like all the good stuff's in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. So, like, most people just use them just to get out to, like, the boundary and then they split board off and it's like groom trail to there i was like this is perfect for here and six hundred dollars for a snowmobile on a trailer like that's incredible oh those things are screamers on the (laughs) trails too you want to go dead straight across a lake (laughs) it's just full mountain couch (laughs) mountain couch (laughs) now i noticed you're a polaris guy oh my god here we go i'll tell you what uh jay stone (laughs) has one of your old sleds And he went out earlier this winter. He's just learning, and he was getting it buried everywhere you could look. <laughs> and I had to ride that thing out of some tree wells and holes, and I was, like, basically his lifeline. And I have to say, that is one of the biggest pile of shit snowmobiles I've ever <laughs> driven in my life. <laughs> Let it be known that I sold that to Sean and Asher <laughs> prior to the J-Stone piece. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah, I have been on the Polaris tip for a hot minute, um, but this is more about Kurt. Come on now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just deflecting now as much as I can. But it, it was really like the only reason I was always on a ski do too, and the only reason I went is because I got the dealership that was in Steamboat at the time had they sold both, and so and the guys were like, "Oh, dude, we got this great deal on this Polaris. You want to interest in this?" And I was like, "I'll give it a whirl." And then it just became, and then everybody, and then I moved up to. Idaho, Wyoming area, and a bunch of guys up there are on the Polaris, and so it just became easier to stay with that, but then it also, and then similar with, like, me being from Colorado and whatnot, <laughs> it just kind of being, became more of, like, a good shit-talking yeah. piece. Like, oh, it's it's the That's highlight. strikes. <laughs> yeah, it's Colorado the, and Polaris. Which it's is the also- highlight of our day. Well, it's fun when, like, I go to Idaho, Jackson area with those guys, because Gooch and Carter, mm-hmm. and thank, like, they're the best. They're always like, yeah, let's go, like, they're always super welcoming and take us around everywhere but then it turns into just straight brand bashing nonstop. <laughs> it's like oh the fucking polaris is stuck again you don't say oh weird you foul the plug and then like something will happen to us you know we got towed out or something and then you never hear the end of it so, well i know the, the classic scenario of like someone gets stuck and i feel like you know in other circumstances someone would get in some tricky position and everyone would come be like oh let's help you out but in this sort of circumstance nowadays it's like someone gets stuck it's like yeah, yeah hold on yeah they instantly pulls <laughs> everyone, out the phone like surrounded uh-huh. phone <laughs> let you suffer a little bit and come help. So true. All right, let's talk Oakley. Now, they just dropped their new team collection outerwear. 
You can see Sage Kotzeberg's signature kit. He's got the goggles that match the outerwear. Really nice yellow and kind of olive green color scheme. And then, of course, Stale Sandbox. Got a bit more of an earth tone collection. Really clean. So if you're looking for some outerwear and a fresh kit, check out the team collection outerwear. They also have their new helmets, the Mod 3. It has the Twice Me technology that is designed to store and share personal information in case of emergency. I'm a big fan of the Oakley Line Miner goggle with the Mod 1 Pro helmet. Great setup. If you're interested in getting some new outerwear, goggles, or helmet, be sure to check out Oakley. I noticed you're having a hard time selling that turbo, uh, Kurt. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? Um, Melissa's sled. Yeah, yeah, yeah my, I have my wife's backup sled. She's ridden it like twice. It's got 2,200 <laughs> miles on it. I don't know how. It's, no. Um, yeah, I got the first year the turbo came out, and it's been freaking great. It's hard because, like, I do want to get a new one. I do want the G5 or the Gen 5. And the uh, just like, it's nice just having the peace of mind with the low mile machinery when you're like out in Whistler somewhere way the fuck out in the middle of nowhere. You don't, nothing's going to happen. You're going to have to hell it out. But in its defense, I got 2,200 miles on a factory turbo and it just will not stop running. I let my sister borrow it last year, left the e brake on. This is not a good selling story. <laughs> <laughs> caught, <laughs> caught it on fire and then they put it out. I'm like, why the fuck did you put it out? <laughs> It's fully insured. <laughs> that would have solved it, all of it. my problems. <laughs> save it. <laughs> They're like thinking it's good news. They're telling yeah. you this. Hey, we saved so we, it. We caught on fire a little bit, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no. There's a little bit of singeing. What? I forget. I was up in Alaska or something, then came back and I like got the sled. I'm like, caught on fire. I'm looking at it. I'm like, what? Looks fine. Took it to Idaho, wrote it for. Like a week and a half, I'm like, running better than ever, you know? You, you know what's wild, though, with snowmobiles is, like, I was thinking about my first new sled I bought. I think it was, I mean, I think it was eight grand or something like oh, that. Oh, God, yeah. Those, you know, those were the days. Crazy. Now it's, like, 24K for a new Turby or 23 or something. It's, Easily. It's so funny, too, with, like, the way, I mean, the, the way that, like, when we, uh, when I, like, first started filming or, like, got my big opportunity to film with people or something, and like filmed apart and then like started making money. And it was like, we were, I was like, the pay was better and every, the cost was way cheaper. And now it's like, I mean, that might just be me or be what, but like a new snowmobile is tw- yeah, $24,000. Like you used to be able yeah. to buy a nice truck for $24,000. A house, 200 grand. <laughs> yeah. Now you're like, you know, like we, <laughs> we had the golden, we had a golden era. Yeah, it is, you made enough money to buy a house and buy a sled and you're doing all good. And all you had to do was go out and film a video part and get some photos in the magazine. And it was like, hang with your friends and have a good time. Now you're like on your phone, freaking posting 19 <laughs> things a month, trying to like, I mean, I'm probably the worst person at social media. I there forgot is, this but, hashtag. I forgot the hashtag. <laughs> yeah. But it's just the whole industry's kind of shifted and it's different. I don't want to say Instagram killed it. I think it makes it more easy for like a non like super core snowboarder to see good snowboarding for sure. But it's not, I don't know. It's harder for us, for sure. Yeah. Well, if you were in one of the videos and you were in the mags... And you, and you were you're, set. You're set. You're, yeah. you're getting good contracts. You're And you're making enough where you can buy a house and pay your living. And now the inflation's gone up and the pay's stayed the same or worse or whatever. So yeah. now it's like, I feel sorry for some of the kids coming up. It's like, you want to buy a house? It's like, shit. Dude, it's crazy. Luck. Dude, it's so hard. Yeah. It's got to be. It's so hard for everyone now. Yeah. 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 I think about all the time with like Jer and Gabe, like the Ben freaking 
been superstars right now. I'm just like, it's so nuts. Freaking eight mm-hmm. percent interest rates, and if you want to buy a house, yeah, it's just everything's so expensive. Wow. Okay, let's get back into snow and be like, because I want to talk about uh, Down With People, yeah. the ender. Oh, uh, yeah. Perfect jump, they call it, in Logan. Yeah, that uh, is far from a perfect jump, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> just, let me just wedge wedge up here. Um, no, that jump's great. Uh, well, I had like a super rogue back seven, almost off the heels yeah, on Yeah, it's almost like a back rodeo. Yeah, it was. It was, Unintentional? Know, super unintentional. Okay, I was and it was I want to ask about that. It was like... I don't know what, I got fucked up on the end run or something and like went like that, but ended up going into the video part. And then I was like, you know what? I've been hitting uh, that year. I was hitting a lot of jumps in the snowmobile. I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's fucking do this. So I come in, I hit it and the sled was kind of clapped at that point. Something was going on with the clutch, but I like tapped the brake and it locked up way more than I thought. (laughs) And I couldn't get it back. And I'm like, I'm doing this to it. And it's just like, oh no. And it was just, I got super lucky. The sled didn't like completely it ran over my helmet the ski did it like clipped it but i was pretty fine the thing that hurt the most i caught my knees going over the bars <laughs> standard <laughs> and I'd like like that was like okay am i okay and then immediately like why the fuck did you do that like get hurt jumping your snowmobile while you're getting paid to snowboard it was i don't know that ended your jumping career for the most part or? for the most part i'll still catch a little air sometimes but not like not like that anymore yeah. It only, and, it only takes one, you know? And for the listeners that don't know, like, when you go off the jump, to level out, if you want your nose to drop down, you just tap the brake. Just just give a little bit. And then if you want the <laughs> tail end to come back down, you whack the throttle. It sounds like the throttle... We got, we got a little jammed up in we there. Got, so yeah. Some sort of clutch issue or something. <laughs> it was It's it was a nice dark. slow tip forward. The brake tap was great, but you just didn't whack quite enough on the way back down. Yeah. It was actually... I don't know. that. I mean, it was like a full stunt sort of a deal, but people are like fire. I don't know. People loved it. They're just like, yeah, but like, I mean, you're talking about it today, you know, it's like one of those things where it makes me kind of want to like, I want to go out and like try and film more snowmobile shit. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, I remember your, didn't you have a Volcom ad where you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, wearing side sunglasses, that side was Mr. Like, Plant. Yeah, yeah Mr. drinking Plant. beer. So I, I was filming Explain with, that. yeah, Pat, Gooch, and Carter was there for sure. We were out in Jackson mm. and we we're riding lines. And Gooch came down to pick me up, and my airbag was on the ground, and he rode, rode over just a corner of it with the sled and deployed the airbag, and I was like, fuck. And I was like, ah, whatever. This is a funny joke. Jump on the sled, side hole across, I have a beer in my hand. <laughs> and then they ended up running the ad. I was like, I didn't really, I don't, I don't know. It just ended up being what it was, I guess. But, yeah, when you get back on the ski to it, side hill is so easy oh, that you can yeah, drink yeah. a beer. Mm. And drive one-handed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> That's why doesn't ski do have, like, the, you can lock out the T-motion to basically make it a Polaris, right? Yeah. That's yeah. how it goes? Yeah, yeah okay. I, d- I did that to my sled. Yeah. Polaris. You <laughs> said it wrong, actually. Polaris. <laughs> it's pronounced Polaris. Uh, now, I got some other hard-hitting topics here. Uh, we got to talk about farm to table. And mm. it's, qu- <laughs> it's quoted as the least productive crew he has ever been with from Russell Dalby. That was one of the most fun years of my, my snowboarding, I think. It was there was some highs and lows. Actually, Ika and I got into it a couple of times. Peaks and I mean, Ika's like one of again one of my best friends, one of the best people in the world. But like when he's not getting tricked, I mean, I don't, he he can be boot swingy, and I can too. Like I'm a little more kind of even keel. But when I get like I don't know, there was there was like one day where we kind of got into it, and I was like. It was just like over nothing too, you know, because we're filming each other, which is fucking hilarious. Like picturing Ika and I filming each other trying to make a movie. And it was like, should I write it or should you write it? And he's like, you write it. I'm like, no, you write it. Because I was like, stand up. He's like, okay, I'm going to write it. And then I think he was bummed that I wrote it. 
And it was like one of those. And then film, I don't know if it was like a filming thing that I fucked up or he fucked up. And it was just like, but like, I don't know. It was one of the most fun years I what had. What was the concept of the movie? The, the concept was like, go out and like film like we're filming in a way, but then like just post everything like right away. Which hence farm to table. Hence farm to table. But when you're filming like backcountry snowboarding solely, like it's you're not posting that much. (laughs) You know what I mean? mean? When you're the Um, least productive crew. (laughs) Oh my god. You're not posting that much. So there's this guy, photographer Russell Dalby, great (laughs) one of the best Canadians there ever was. Rides an Articat, by the way. Mm. Insane snowmobiler. I mean, this thing is yeah. a fucking turd wagon. And, <laughs> and he'll get it in places that I can't get the turbo. It's insane. And he's just like, he. I think at that time, too, he was like kind of running on his own dime. Like, snowboard photography is probably not the easiest thing to make money at anymore, for sure. And he's just like still coming out with us. And he's like, so, like, are we going to hit some shit or what's going on here? And we're just like sitting there like, well, it's kind of good. You know, like... We were just so, like, relaxed about everything, zero stress. And then we ended up making a final product that was pretty funny. I wouldn't say it was going to win any awards or anything. <laughs> also, the fa- it lived on Vimeo. Yeah, it, it did live on Vimeo. <laughs> it was great. Tim Burrell sponsored it. Thank you, Tim Burrell. <laughs> uh, I had a hard time finding it. I was actually in my research, but yeah. yeah. Well, we definitely, I mean, music rights were not... Not locked in. Yeah, what was sure. the what was the gear? What camera gear and stuff were you <laughs> oh, using? GH5. Oh. Panasonic GH5 is the best camera ever made. Mm. I mean, that thing lived in like talk about drying out your gear. <laughs> like when you leave that sucker in the truck for like three nights and pull her out of the bag and she's still firing, like that thing is that thing is solid. Are we talking lens caps or no fuck lens caps. <laughs> Extra weight. <laughs> Extra weight. Alpine style. We're going straight Alpine style. Cutting on weight. <laughs> Battery charger? Nah. <laughs> no, that was one of the most fun winners of my life. Ika's freaking... There's great clips in that. That's I, good. You guys filmed some good shit. We, and then we ended up linking up with Ben Shetler for, like, his <laughs> van adventure movie. Oh, yeah, adventure. We ended up hellion, like, two days at the end and doing follow cams with the ski chef guy. Like, I fucking sucked. But it was, like... I mean, I don't mean to talk shit on him. It was fine. But, like, he, like, made... <laughs> He, like, made the movie, and, it, like, the ending segment in the movie is Ika, Chris, and I riding this bowl, and he's follow camming it. But, like, he thought it was weird to put our names in the movie. So then it was just, like, Chris riding with friends and Whistler. And we have clips in the movie, but he, like, wouldn't put our names in it. And Chris is like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm like, Chris, it's all good. Like, we don't care at all. But then, like, GoPro follow cam movie goes fucking viral. And I was like, ah, it would have been pretty cool if, <laughs> if, if the names were in it. And there was, like, good shots. <laughs> You know what my favorite shot in that movie was? What? Um, Joe Carlino on a snow bike. Oh, going oh the my handlebars. God. Dude, that was, worked. Uh, big shout out to Blake Paul. He, he like, <laughs> gave us, that was his clip, and he helped edit a bunch of it and, like, music, and um, Blake's, like, a social movie editing mastermind legend. Yeah, was that edited on iMovie or what? No, it was Premiere, please. <laughs> Color correction, none. <laughs> music rights, none. Let's talk snowboarders on the roosters, on the sled. Who, who's notable out there that's proficient? Um, I mean, fuck, there's so many. Like, all the Canadians are so good. Mikey, Dustin. Um, yeah, Dustin's an animal. Dustin's, like, as good as anybody, and he also weighs, like, 115 pounds. So you'll be climbing up something, and it's just like, well, later. Um, who else? There's, like, U.S. dudes. Carter Gooch are great. Austin is, like, I hate to say this because he's, like... 
it's, it's Austin, you know? But he's a weapon. And he rides, like, four times a year, and he's always like, eh, snowmobiles, this and that, turbos, blah, blah, blah. But he can, like, get anywhere. He's super good on the snowmobile. Um, ben, Fur, Gabe, Jared's really good. Jared's brother Jonah's insane. Jonah's a ripper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Catches air time. Um, you can buy that sled right now. I think that thing's for sale. Justin Neal. The thing is clapped. You do not want to buy <laughs> no. Jonah's sled. I no. saw some comments posted about that. It's yeah. like, it's like, wow, you've got some crazy miles on this thing for a 23. <laughs> it's like, got, how are going to answer that? It's actually got six A-arms that have been put on it. <laughs> yeah. But it is crazy, like, how much better the snowmobiles have gotten. Mm. Yeah. Like, what used to take you a full day to get somewhere is now just, like, half throttle, like, eh, right there. And um, what else are going to say? Like, if you're, like, trying to get into this and, like, you get the opportunity, I mean, to film with somebody or, like, a snowboard crew that, like, is doing the backcountry thing on the snowmobile, like, and you have a snowmobile, like, put some time in. Like, go out without your snowboard. Like, go to the mountain, like, at Mount Bachelor, right across the street, right at the mountain, and then go across the street and just go snowmobile for, like, two hours a day. Because, like, when you're, like, trying to break into a crew and, like, you know, like, get taken out there, if you're, like, slowing everybody down and, like, not, like, helping, it's just, like, I mean, people are still going to, like, I would never say anything bad about someone that's, like, not you know, helping break trail or helping double or do that. But like, there's the worst thing ever is when you're fucking battling oh, really? a trick and you're fucking, I mean, I'll, I will talk a lot of shit. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Continue your, <laughs> but th- the worst thing ever is like when you're battling a trick and you're frustrated or you're hitting something big and you're scared and you got some fucking rook and he just buries the sled on the way up to the top. You're just like, that's exactly what I need right now. Let's take a, let's take a 45 minute break here <laughs> and get this unstuck, you know, <laughs> or like, so I'm like, yeah, it's just like that. And like be proficient with your avalanche gear and that and that like i like how i'm saying all this and i go to antarctica and forget my fucking <laughs> splitboard things you know it's like but that does make a huge difference like there's this kid um kai huggin from bend who we took to idaho last year austin and i was like let's see what's going on like he ripped snowboarding and he was just like fully self-sufficient could double you anywhere could do anything was like riding out of his fucking boots i was like you got it. You could go out with like, you could go up to Canada and hang with Mikey and he wouldn't be mad at you whatsoever or Gooch and passion those dickheads. <laughs> like, <laughs> all, right, all right. So this is, this is good because we talked about who's great on the snowmobile. I want to know you've, mm-hmm. you've snowmobiled with a lot of people in your lifetime, mm-hmm. many, a uh, many a names who has been just kind of the worst. <laughs> who's been the worst that you've gone out with it's really stood out and just, I mean, I hate to air somebody out like that, but Colin Wiseman. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> love the guy to death. Love the Snowboarders Journal. Love everything they're doing over there. But he had a day in McCall with passion. I, he threw up like, it must have been over 20. Best part stuck. about, 20 yeah, stuck. 20 stuck. Best this part is, about this, too, this is, rich. Yeah, is, this is Austin, rich Ejack, Connor, and I are breaking trail. And it's like, you know, handlebar deep. And we're just having a ball. Just Burning like, yeah. going all over the place. And little did we know... Because I'd never snowmobiled with him before. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you could tell there were signs, <laughs> but it was it was not for sure. Was but it the, the minivan towing? Uh, the minivan snowmobile? towing the single place was a red flag <laughs> at the time. At the time, but <laughs> so we're out there just having a ball. We're ripping shitties. We're exploring burn, this new. Burned almost a full take again. Oh no, for sure. I'm down to a quarter. Light might be on. Who knows? <laughs> you should we, tee up the how like the parking the. <laughs> leaving the house first. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we get this Airbnb in McCall. And uh, I think he arrived late even. I mm-hmm. can't remember. But we're all, whatever, we're walking out in the morning. It snowed two feet overnight. And he parked on the road with the minivan the single-place trailer. 
And the snowplow did not like where he parked or something because he piled up. It was like over halfway up the windows, just like this snow castle around the minivan and the single place trailer. Like I walked out, I was crying, laughing. And then we're like chipping at this. It took forever to get it up, but mm-hmm. whatever. We go out snowmobiling. New zone, we're exploring, breaking trail. Pash is in the back, you know, on cleanup duty. We didn't know what kind of day he was having until we met up with him when the gaslight came on. And, uh, and and he's just like, I've never actually seen you mad like that before. I mean, he wasn't like mad mad, but Austin, like we talked about it, we're like, dude, I think like we fucking finally broke him. Like he can take a lot of shit, but like... We called his wife on the way home. We're like, Aaron, I don't know. Like, he might be fucking mad at us at this point. Well, and to Colin's defense, you know, we're, we're exploring some new zone, breaking trail and everything. There's no tracks anywhere and whatnot. And so you would imagine if, like, not everyone is a very strong snowmobiler, you'd have these guys like, you know, okay, we're going to put in one track and then each snowmobile is going to follow in that track to basically create a paved road, like right? Like a perfect like, highway. Yeah, just a nice, smooth highway. Well, not with these assholes. We like did these the assholes, opposite of that. Turbo like a, trenches. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. like a pack of bees, and they're like, and just destroy anything that was smooth. Shut and I'm in the back just watching this, and I'm like, Colin's fucked, man. It's <laughs> so bad. And so what happens is you start going through the deep snow, and then you get caught in a rut, and all of a sudden you're bouncing from rut to rut and just bouncing all over. So it was like set up for disaster right off the bat. And I was like, I'm going to fucking kill you guys. <laughs> you assholes. I'm never getting another photo run in the Snowbirds Journal, by the <laughs> yeah, way. Probably not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. It's time to talk about Bub's Naturals. They always support the show, so we always want to support brands that support snowboarding. And at Bub's Naturals, today we're going to talk about their coffee, the Bub's Brew. It's a delicious bean. You know, when you want to get work done in an office environment, you got to stay caffeinated. So we hammer the Bub's Brew on a regular basis. It's the first coffee bean to be Whole30 approved. It's USDA organic. It's fair trade. And it's delicious. And 10% of all of their profits go to charity. They also have their Bub's Collagen, which is great for your skin, hair, nails, and can be great for recovery as well. Um, And then they have their hydration packs. So their hydration packs are an easy way to stay hydrated better than water. Um, They're just little packets. You put them in water, and there's no added sugars. I think there's over 2,000 milligrams of electrolytes. And simple as that, they taste good, they're good for you, and they keep you hydrated. So if you're interested in picking up some Bub's Naturals, head on over to bubsnaturals.com and use promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off your order. All right, let's get back into it. We've uh, talked about some hard-hitting topics here. Obviously, the webbed feet uh, run, <laughs> run over by Naked Boogie Boarder. Hmm. Um, this is just a roasting at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nice. No, on a non-roast uh, change of gears, though, your method, you got a great method. You got a great one. Um, and I actually am curious. I want to talk methods. And you go in front of the binding. Uh, I go behind binding. Or you're behind, yeah. I mean behind, behind binding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk us through what makes a good method, your technique. There's so many different, everyone's got their own, I don't know. There's so many different ones and there's so many good ones and there's some people might think that, but that's what's right about snowboarding. It's all personal preference and how, what inspires you or what you like or whatever it is that someone's doing while doing a method. But um, the ones that inspired me, that's all I can really talk to you on that would be I mean it's weird to say but like Terry's got an insane one I was always drawn towards like the way he it almost like tries to get the board level with his head I guess 
And Jamie on the other side is more of, he does it a little more down, which I've always loved. And I don't know, there's so many good ones. Like right now, I don't know, like the Fergusons have crazy methods, mm-hmm. which is, but they're half, I think it's like all the half pipe kids have the best ones, I feel like. But then you got like totally different style, like Lando or Blair, like, I don't know. It's like such a weird individual signature on what you do. But I don't know what makes a good one or what makes a bad one, I guess. So for you, I've noticed that you, you hold melon for a second. And then you yoink it up? Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not something I try to do either. I don't know why. It's weird for me. When I try and do it, too, it's like people think that you'd, like, take off on your toes. But I almost, like, take off on my heels is what it feels like. It's probably pretty flat-based, maybe even toes. But you almost, like, jump into it, like, off your heels that way. That way it's easier to bring back, maybe? I don't know. It's weird. Like you almost alley-oop it. Yeah. Or like a backside wall on a straight air. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that would be it. Has all the yoga that you do, like, helped out on that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Namaste. <laughs> <clears throat> do the pub beers contribute to the good method? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's just watching people do it and trying to, like, emulate someone's method, I guess, would be what got mine to where it is. One thing, uh, my biggest pet peeve with mine is I feel like I pull it back too quick. It's hard to, like, leave it out there because then you start drifting. So, like, the guy's, like... Ben Ferguson does a really good job of like holding it out there and somehow getting it back. I don't know. There's a, there's a few of them where I'm like, how oh, the fuck did you do that? There's even, I saw a freaking Haldor Hel- Hel- Helgeson method today on the internet from their movie and I was like, that one's fucking insane. Oh, kind of off the cliff drop. Like yeah, it's like drop. A, yeah. yeah. Like doing a method off like a flat, flat. takeoff is like the hardest thing in the world. Like, and he gets sad. his board like up by his head. It's pretty yeah. impressive. Well, the thing too is in our era of coming up, since there was a shitload of magazines, that, like, a good method is a photo in the magazine. For sure. For sure. And it, you can make a career off of it. In yeah, yeah, yeah. And nowadays, if there's no magazines, the method is maybe less valuable? I don't so, know. I don't so think so. Maybe I retract my statement. So you're telling me <laughs> that I just canceled all my Snowbirds Journals photos for the next <laughs> 15 years? <laughs> the mag that's going to run the method for sure. For sure. I will no longer be getting published oh, yeah, in. Again, yeah. Colin, I apologize. <laughs> if we were to go splitboarding, you would be on the other side of the fence. You know what I mean? <laughs> One minivan comment, and here we go. You brought up the minivan. You brought up the minivan. <laughs> it's true. Maybe no photos are going there. <laughs> Fuck, we fucked ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, let's hit some Patreon questions, Silk D. Uh, maybe hit uh, lasers, Chris Luzier. Yeah, let's do it. Curtis, we were rookie diggers together in 2003. Can you tell us about the time Sean Powell finally let you drive the digger bus down from Timberline? And if you can also talk about what it was like being a digger at 15. Um, okay, before this, Chris Lazier, uh, great human. He's the mayor of Bend. The undisputed. I mean, there's an election every year, and there's no one's, no one's running against mm-hmm. him. You know, He owns it. Um, okay, so being a digger at 15 years old was a crazy opportunity that uh, James Jackson, I like worked in his snowboard shop in Bend. It was called Side Effect before. And we snowboarded a lot together with Jan and Mayan and all that. And then he gave me the opportunity to go up and dig at High Cascade. Like wasn't getting paid. It was like dig to ride style, you know? And uh, I wasn't even really digging. I was in the uh, banner management department, <laughs> AKA banner bitch. <laughs> you know, it's the worst job ever. I'm banner like, management. <laughs> fuck off so like <laughs> dragging all these huge banners around it's windy half the time the drill battery's dead it's like all salted and icy it was the worst but having the opportunity to go up there and be able to snowboard all summer and skateboard like 
I mean, we met at last call, but like we really started hanging out at High Cascade. Like High Cascade used to be like, I don't know, like the pre-pro snowboarder like training grounds or something. Like the whole industry was there. I mean, this guy had like team houses up there at that point, and like I don't know, it was super rad. But they finally let me drive the Jigger bag van down. I don't know if I was 15 or 16 at the point, and I like downshifted it, and I don't know if I dropped the tranny out of the <laughs> bottom of it or like just blew. I think it like over revved, and I like locked up the engine on like their. They've had this like old general digger bus forever. But like in my defense, it was like everybody on the bus, like you didn't do anything wrong. It just like happened. Cause like you always just ran it in a low gears. Cause like that road's yeah. super gnarly. You don't want to be on breaking the, down yeah, the hill. Yeah. You don't want to be like on the brakes all over the place. But yeah, it fully blew it up. And then they didn't let me drive anymore after that. <laughs> but eventually I got out of the banner management role and was a real digger. And let's talk about the all star uh, pedigree of co-employees that you were working with <laughs> i mean in so it was crazy like the coaches and the diggers there was like i mean at that point it was like you scott stevens would you work you worked up there did you dig to ride for I a while i dug to ride when you were working up there but the, i worked up there after you had left after so I'd i left but yeah scott was working there the year yeah. before me scott was there like jesse burtner was up there who else is up there um on the coach side like maybe jeno jeno was up there was it james or tonino uh, at this time uh, it was James. James, okay. But Tonino would, like, come for a bit every year. Okay. Preston. Preston Strout. All star. Mm. Dude, one of the smartest, funniest people I've ever met in my life. That guy's a legend. And I've never seen anybody throw a dodgeball faster in my <laughs> life than Preston. And you wouldn't expect it. Mm-hmm. He had to stop playing because he, like, blew too many kids' faces up, which <laughs> he would never do because he's also the nicest person in the world. Great human. Um, but on the digger side, you had Josh Mills, Brian Fox, Austin, Smith. Joe Mertes, and then... Uh, Curtis, uh, the other Curtis. Uh, uh, Curtis Sorensen. Sorensen, yeah. There's this guy, Andy Lex. There was... Who is this oh, guy? Andy Lex. There's a Burton rep from, like, oh, Colorado. Oh, uh, no, it's uh, Josh Fisher. Josh Fisher. Burton, yep. Resh, Burton yeah, rep Fisher here now. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about... Fisher was... Fisher was amazing, actually. Fisher was the man. He, <laughs> those High Cascade years were some, like... I mean, it was such a rad time. And then to go on to, like start traveling and writing for different brands and like, oh, we all worked at High Cascade together and we're seeing each other all over the world. And like, I don't know, it's, it's just, it was a really fun time of life. You snowboard or like dig, snowboard, and then you go down and we'd all skateboard and like eat ice cream and just eat like the worst Cisco food and then <laughs> shit our brains out or whatever. <laughs> but it was always like, I don't know, it was just fun. Like you're just nonstop all summer long. There were, there was some rites of passage because you guys had set the bar pretty high because we were the generation after you guys, and I feel like uh, like some of them were like the Palmer Point. Oh yeah, the Palmer Point. That straight was straight lining it from okay. the lift. Fuck, dude, there was some good ones with those. Just like straight lining from the lift all the way down. It'd be like six deep wide, like sheet ice in the morning, just going terminal velocity basically. I mean, on the snow, what you could do. I remember. Um, Matt Edgers, he was a digger one year, um, Washington local, great snowboarder, great dude. First morning, Palmer Point blew his collarbone out. Oh. Day one, just gone. <laughs> just like, fuck. What about like the banner booby traps? Yeah, the when, holes. Yeah. Oh the my holes. God. Yeah. Can you maybe explain what those yeah. are and how you'd make them? Because we went on to continue this <laughs> legacy. Yeah. So I say that like we'd be up there snowboarding all day, <laughs> but like, you know, it's fifth session. You're up on the glacier, you're hiding from the sun, and you're just bullshitting and the diggers kind of ran like the check-in for like the guests that would come into the camp and blah 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 and like we'd like set the fence up so you had to like come through this gauntlet and you guys touched on this on james's tutorial or uh interview 
or bomb hole. And, uh, but we'd like dig these huge holes and then we'd like bridge it with just like an inch of snow and salt it with a banner, with with a banner or like some meshing. Sometimes you didn't have to do that. You just salt it and like, and people would come up to check in. They're always already kind of nervous because James is kind of intimidating. He was kind of like a scary dude. Like I was always scared of him back then and they're all nervous already. And then all of a sudden they're just like, the holes are so deep. They're like falling in and racking their nuts on like the salted (laughs) corners and stuff. And just like, ah, but then we had to stop doing it. I think someone might've gotten hurt at one point and it was like, but I don't know. Like even the generation before me, when I was working up there, like the diggers were always like, like Tonino's era, which Tonino is one of the nicest people when you get to know him. But like those guys used to be gnarly. Like they'd like, kick people out and oh, get dude, in he fights was and shit. Vividly remember like as this is when my solemn days and having to go and check in and whatnot. And yeah. It was always Tonino at first. And I remember being like, oh man, okay, be on best behavior, be on best behavior. Tonino, hey, I'm checking in. Uh, there's four of us today. Da, da, da. Like <laughs> walking on eggshells around you. And yeah. what was also like, it was like the mandatory uniform, everyone in black. Yeah, everyone in black. It was for like sure. dead middle of summer, just like, let's bake. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> I think that the park before the rope toe was better because for sure. when, when you'd hike a jump, you get to the top of it and you're like, well, I already did a 360. I don't want to do another <laughs> warm up. 100%. So you're like, it was I'm like, going to do my seven or whatever. <laughs> Fuck, now it's go time. Like, I, you like, it takes like 10, 10, 15 minutes to hike back up there. I don't know. It was, and everything was just slower pace. I feel like less kids, but I don't know. Now everything's changed up there. It's definitely not what it used to be. Is it full rope toe every on like for all the stuff now? Yeah, it's all just a public park. Yeah, okay. I think or you know, and then the pipe you have to pay a shitload to ride. It's like two hundred mm. plus dollars for the pro pass or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it's a different deal. It is. We we were in a great moment in time. Yeah. We were for sure, and I'm sure it's still amazing. Like you're snowboarding in the summer. Yeah, at Mount Hood, it's got to be awesome. But everything was a little more loose back then too. Like I mean, I was I think I was like up till I was 18, and it was like parties at the digger house and we'd all go to the coast on the in-betweens and did you guys ever uh like zip tie people into the salt boxes when they fall asleep in them and oh yeah we'd zip tie each other <laughs> to the chairs i remember actually one of the funniest <laughs> ones i ever did it's like six in the morning or not because we go up fucking early, early before time, everybody yeah. and it's like windy and icy and it's just the shittiest morning ever and austin's sitting on the chair next to me and i just kick his heel strap on his binding and his board just falls off <laughs> on the middle of palmer <laughs> just fucking rips down <laughs> You just got to walk, like, all the way down the Palmer Snowfield. I, f- I mean, it's funny now, but not, you know, funny, but not funny. Haha, funny. If you knew Austin, it's funny. Yeah, it's definitely funny. Dude, it gets a little bit Lord of the Flies up there, though, too. <laughs> oh, dude. I remember uh, Brewster, like, you know those shitty days when it's really windy and, like, flat light, and you, you're up there, and you don't want to, it's not even worse there's, snowboarding. There's no place you'd rather not be yeah, exactly. at that point. Yeah. I remember, like, Brewster was hung over one day, and, like, he was sleeping in the salt box, so naturally we zip-tied it shut, and then... <laughs> Obviously, that took these so the, the steel spade shovels and just started like wailing on the outside oh of the metal box, it's like straight and, torture and, chamber. And then, and then, while he was in it, we had salted his board vertically <laughs> into the snow. So, so he was all pissed off and obviously wanted to like leave the scene to where he had to undig his snowboard buried vertically in the snow with just the nose sticking out. And it's like full Lord of the Flies, like move. And that that like I mean, I was always the young guy on the dick crew like the special kind of little bitch if you will <laughs> just like the 15 year old kid running around all cracked out on rebels or something and those dudes used to fuck with me all the time like it'd be the end of the day we just got done doing the afternoon rake and i'm like trying super hard blah, blah. i get back up and like yeah my little freaking 149's got like that much sticking out of it and you're just like 
Fuck. And you're like, oh, I don't have that. I'll just dig it out. But it's like all the way down. You're yeah. just like chipping at it. Oh, yeah. You throw a little salt in every six inches. <laughs> yeah. Make sure that thing's locked just up with like, ice. I mean, I did it to people too, but it's like, yeah, it's not cool. Right of passage. Yeah. It's a right of passage. Okay, let's talk about another iconic maneuver. Um, in Bend, when you guys would go out drinking, mm-hmm. uh, there was a time period where you guys would pull um, the snowmobile out of the I don't, people's truck beds. I don't know how. I mean, I do know how it started. It's just like, and it, for, it wasn't like it happened to everybody. For whatever reason. Who is the, who is the main victim? Sam Hiltner, the shark. <laughs> he Because he'd always drive his truck to the bar with the sled in the back. I don't know if he was like trying to show it off or it's something. It's a bit of a flex, yeah. It's a that full a flex. flex. Yeah, yeah. So we're walking. it's a Polaris, then it's a. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, what brand are we talking here? <laughs> but it was like, dude, we did it to him like, I don't know. It was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every <laughs> single week. It was just like, oh, he's here. He drove down here for sure. His car's parked somewhere, and he tried and like park, start parking in more like conspicuous places. Hiding. <laughs> yeah, and we're just like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I just wake up to the funniest text messages. I'm going to fucking kill you guys. <laughs> So explain when you walk out to your vehicle and your snowmobile track is on the ground and your skis are on the tailgate. What's oh, the process? Oh, from my that? God. You need a couple humans. Like, yep. it's either that or, like, drop it all the way into the parking lot, set up the ramp, and load it back up. It's <laughs> like, the load of shame. But he, <laughs> It's the full shame load. It's so funny. I mean, he would always be trying, like, hitting on girls or something. He'd walk out to the parking lot and just be like, damn it. <laughs> and no, come hey, back to my place. I got a car right out here. Hey, hon, if you just grab the bumper back there. <laughs> And kind of, kind of lift, lift with your, with your quads. You don't want to throw your, the back. Uh, how's your back? Uh, maybe take those heels off. Gonna, <laughs> maybe take those heels off. Yeah, we're gonna need you to really level in here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk uh, jet ski purchase. Oh, jet ski purchase was one of the better investments of my life. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I mean, we had about. I think we've had a total of like one fun day on that thing. <laughs> Probably owned it for three years now. And <laughs> coming into it, I was like, this is going to be the best. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we got it. And the more notable story of the jet ski experience so far, besides it being stuck in my garage at the coast, I keep trying to put it in Austin's garage. And he's like, no, 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 no. That stays in there. But uh, so I, we're going to launch it one day. It surf's pretty good. Yeah, fuck, this is, I mean, I could roast a lot of people on this one. Yeah, you might need to hit one of those really quick before you're going. Yeah, let's hit hit some salt. (coughs) It is way more aggressive. Like, you know, every time I hear, like, that's a tough batch. That's a tough batch. I was like, really? That that was a good, good pull on that one. Yeah. I felt that one, like, back in the neck. It's good for the sinuses if you got a cold, I'm noticing. (laughs) It is. Wow. I still can't shaking, stop shaking from the Sudafed, but this (laughs) thing is freaking. (laughs) Oh. 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 Uh, that's good. It is shocking. Wow. All right. All right. So we're launching this bad chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the only way to do it, well, there's multiple ways to do it. But we don't know what the fuck we're doing. We bought a jet ski and we're trying to learn how to do step offs <laughs> on the Oregon coast. So, so we're like, all right, we'll just hook it up to the truck. And they're in Pacific City where we surf. Like they do a lot of like dory boat launching out of there. It's like famous for that. And they just back the truck in, they pull it out. So you like can't stop. You like get it deep enough. Like, just in and out. And if you stop, like, the way the water comes in with the sand, you just sink. And uh, we're getting ready to launch. It's Jake, Austin, and I, and uh, this other guy that is, like, the marketing guy for Tokyo Starfish and Ben, which mm. McAllister and those guys own. And then Travis Yamada, OG Ben. Which he's probably the king of Ben. We'll call Chris the mayor, but Yamada's, like, the dude. Um, 
I keep getting sidetracked. So we're back at it, and Jake's like, dude, I'm kind of sick. I don't want to put my wetsuit on. I was like, all right, you drive the truck. Austin, I'll suit up and, like, get it off. I'm going to get out there. I'm like, whatever you do, just don't fucking stop. Like, just go, go. And so he's backing in. He's backing in. But, like, when you're backing the truck up and the waves are coming in, it kind of feels like you're moving, but you're not moving, which I probably could have told him that before. So he's back and he just stops. I'm like, Jake, Jake, go, Jake, go. He's like, I am going. I'm like, Jake, go, go, go. And it's just like, he tries to go and just to the fucking frame. And I'm just like, this. and it was the first new truck I ever got. It's Dodge Eco Diesel, which ended up being the worst truck ever. Those but are piles of shit. Piles of shit. Oh, but whoa, there's one in the parking lot. He's no, 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 you got the Cummins. Cummins is a okay, nice okay. piece. Nice piece. <laughs> the, uh, so yeah, it's wedged to the frame and... Yamada and Shirts are on the beach. I got a toe strap. I'm like, Shirts is there with his truck. And so I hook up the, took up the toe strap. I'm like, give me a yank. And he's like, I got a Tacoma. I don't want to fuck my truck up. So that sucked for me as well to go through that. And then Jake is like, can you carry me to the shore? And I was like, I want to fucking kill you right now. And he gets out and starts like filming me trying to dig it out. I'm just like, God, I hate you so much right now. Waves just coming in. And just Waves <laughs> coming in. Luckily, the tide was going out. It stayed. It didn't get in the cab, but like, <laughs> call the tow truck. 150. They have like make a living off this. You can drive on the beach there. You've been there. Oh yeah. And they people get stuck over the time. It's 150 bucks for them to show up no matter what. Tow strap was already hooked up. He hooks it up, yanks it right out. Whatever. I spend like, I think it was like 100 bucks at the pressure washer, and there was like no shit like this much sand when I drove the truck out of it at the pressure washer. And then I ended up like, dude, the thing's covered in salt water. I just traded it in the dealership like the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't private party sell this thing to somebody. Look at them in the eye. I'm like, dealership will probably take it. Successful yeah. jet ski launch. Yeah. yeah. So the jet ski has been a great purchase. <laughs> jet ski has been a great purchase. Um, we also didn't get the title for it, so it's not registered, which also sucks. Yeah. And then it's fucking those little like boards that they have on the back of those things. We had like a blow up one that a good buddy gave us, and then it exploded. And we're trying to get another one, but they're like twenty five hundred bucks. The and surfboard it, carry people like yeah, so you can like thing. slide back. Yeah, it's like a rescue slide. You can like yeah. slide up on it. So we're trying to find another one of those, and it it'll have its day. Mm-hmm. It it should have had its day last week. The surf looked really good. Um, we just got to get back out there. It's always like Austin's out there by himself or I'm out there by myself, but it, it'll have another day. Yeah, five or so years it's going to go for sure. But there's nothing better than like nuts to butts on a jet ski <laughs> going through like big surf and you're just like, oh, you know, like climbing. I mean, yeah. We've had some wild, wild encounters. Jake, I'll never quit you, Austin. Exactly. <laughs> just like neoprene. That's that's the only gap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> I heard you got a good story rock climbing with Lucas Dabari. <laughs> Dude, Lucas Dabari, another <laughs> fantastic. Oh, is that funny? <laughs> is that funny to you? <laughs> Lucas Dabari. Do you have the video? Are you going to play, play <laughs> that video? Like show the video of him in climb mode? Lucas Dabari is a nut job, first of all. <laughs> I mean, one of like the whole Dabari family is Mount Baker royalty. They're the best people ever. They used to come and stay with us in Mammoth when I lived there forever ago, but... We had this thing where I was like, you come down to Bend, I'll go rock climb with you, and then I'll take you on the river. We'll do, we'll like white raft, whitewater raft through like little whitewater sections through town. He's like, okay, we're gonna go to Smith Rock. Austin and I show up. I'm like borrowing his brother's climbing shoes that are like two sizes too big, <laughs> harness, the whole shit. And I was like, oh, we're just gonna climb something mellow, you know? And it's like, there's this climb out there. It's called, there's a bunch of different routes on it, I think. It's called Monkey's Face. It's like this pretty famous, like, spire rock spire thing it looks like a monkey's face and it's i don't i mean i don't know how high it is maybe two three like it's two three hundred feet it's like a three pitcher to get up it what are we talking five ten five ten b 
I mean, I just started exploring, so I know yeah, it's, I know a little thing. He, work, he works at the North Face. Yeah, so I just mean, to let you know. Totally, totally. Take I, note of the hoodie. I right? think honestly, it's like a five eight five nine. Mm. Like it's pretty basic, but there's like a bolt climb in the middle, and that's mm. the best. This is the best part of this fucking story. <laughs> so we climb up. It's like the first pitch. You get up, and you're on the shelf, and you're probably like, you know, there's good exposure, eighty feet off the ground. But then Lucas has to climb this bolt ladder because there's no holds, and then he puts in a line, and then his plan is for Austin and I to like use these jug things to climb up it. The ascenders. The ascenders. So he puts these two ropes down, and as we were, like, getting that set up, this, like, guide comes up onto the ledge, and this couple that's on, like, a guided climbing trip, I guess you can do that. <laughs> kind of like what we're doing with Lucas. Not at all. So he's, like, 100 feet above us with these ropes hanging out of the monkey's face mouth. And he's like, yeah, so you hook your things up. And we're, like, hooking these things up. And then the guide's there, and he's like, you're fucking doing it wrong. You might die. So he, like, sets us up. And we're like, okay, we're good. And I'll never forget this. Like, the couple, them, and that's like this, like, you know, ledge is like this table, and it's like 80 feet off. And Austin and I step out into what feels like outer space, and we start spinning at opposite directions, <laughs> and we're just banging into each other in front of this couple. And I'm, like, 80 feet in the air, like, trying to figure out how to – neither of us can figure it out, and the guide's trying to explain to us how to do it. The couple's sitting there like, people are doing this? like it. But finally get it dialed. We get up there, and, like – yeah, it was just a shit show from the start to finish. And like, but the ending movie, you gotta like climb out of the monkey's face, like the mouth of it, and you have to like go upside down, and then you look down, and it's like 300 feet, and you're like, it was, I mean, it was super cool for Lucas to go out of his way and make us do that. Knowing what we were doing, I wouldn't have gone if he would have told us. <laughs> but after it was all over, like, dude, the freaking rappel off the top, he's just like, hey, you just gotta lean back and do the rope through the thing. I'm like, her fucking indoor gym climbed before, and I'm like, 300 feet rappelling down to the ground. Was, I don't know. It was pretty. It was awesome. Good stuff. Some gold right there. Good so, stuff. I've got some funny horror stories from guiding, though. If you want, I think we should talk fishing later in the show because we have a bunch, like that. We have a bunch of questions about uh, your fishing stuff, uh, which I am particularly not interested in. So we'll save that for the end of the show. Dude, it's such a small. <laughs> no one. No. No. No one is. It's such like. I'm telling you, there's, like, fly fishing, and then there's, like, steelheading <laughs> anglers or, like, it's basically Eric Leon, Eric Jackson, and I, and five other people yeah. in the world. Yeah. yeah, we'll save that for the end of the show where everybody can You might be more interested out. in uh, the real jet boat fly guide stuff, the yeah. uh, burner account that's going on out there. Yeah, well, can you, what, what's going on with that burner? It's yeah, fucking, I think, let's wait till we get to the okay. more fishing, and uh, we can bring it up. All right, to get back into some snowboard stuff, um, you know what it's time for, Silk D? I think it's time for Name That Video Part. Oh, God. I have always seen, like, always heard it. You know, I'm a big fan. Mm. And uh, I have always heard Silk's voice. And I've always wanted to see it, it in it, the flesh. It, it is nice how to live face, up to the, face to the voice. Yeah, it's fucking soothing, my man. Yeah, oh, haircut and the silky, shirt. It's silky nice. voice, too. It's, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I'm he, trying. Yeah, he's got a good over He makes music, too. Actually produced a great track uh, with an email from a disgruntled uh, hmm. listener recently. <laughs> Which will be coming out on, which will already be out by this. Yeah, point. I did get a little leak of that, and it is some uh, it's nice. nice. It's a nice piece. It's a nice piece. Okay, um, for name that video part. Uh, what's your confidence level? Zero through ten, <laughs> dude. Negative twenty. But you never know. You never know. <laughs> you might feed 20. me an easy one, but like I don't know. I'm so. I don't think you're gonna get it. You don't. No yeah, zero chance. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't think I'm gonna get it, I'm not gonna get it. But let's let's go for it. Okay. Here we go. I 
I mean, fuck, I'll take a stab, but I have, I mean, it could be a couple, I mean, it's going to be like a Whitlakey Fox thing, I think. No, not even close. Nah, I don't know if I'd consider him close. He is a friend of yours. A friend of mine. So, oh, now you're making me feel bad as yeah, well. That's uh-huh. a, the thing that's great too. <laughs> a very close friend. Dear friend, some might say. There's no way it's an Austin part. It, it is an Austin part. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard because he never picks his own music. What, yeah. what movie is it from? Nike Never Not. Oh, yeah. Nike movie, zero chance. Yeah. <laughs> zero yeah. chance. Uh, so you got a, you get a participation <laughs> award there. You got a bomb hole. Uh, I get a lot of participation awards. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a make a make a wish foundation over yeah, here today. It is exactly so. Yep, you're welcome. Uh, you got some bomb hole merch in there that you didn't earn. Really. Sorry, sorry, wanna... sorry, Joko, for not recognizing that song. By yeah, <laughs> I thought it was fun too that uh, Austin, you know, can be disappointed in you as well. Yeah, but I bet if you had played that to Austin, he wouldn't know that part. Dude, oh, what zero percent? <laughs> can I tell you that Austin Smith is the most useless <laughs> person on planet Earth when it comes to like I call friends of the guests. For Intel, mm-hmm. and I've called him for many a guest, and he he comes up. I'm like, let's talk about Curtis, and he's like, yeah, d- don't remember anything. <laughs> Do you remember this story? Don't remember it. Legitimately, same shit yesterday. Um, I'm yeah. talking to him because I'm like, oh, I'm going down to help host, blah blah blah. I'm really kind of nervous. I need some, I need some more beta. I think I've got some stuff. I'm not sure. He's like, yeah, I don't really remember any of it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you are worthless. Dude, yeah. I don't. It's got to be some concussion thing. I'm kind of worried about the guy. In all honesty, yeah. like. <laughs> I don't know if he knows what he had for lunch yesterday. Yeah. You know? I'm like, <laughs> it is concerning though. But he's like, he's taking supplements and doing all this stuff. I'm like, he's got supplements. Going I've, I've seen him like three times in the backcountry, like whites of his eyes, like come, come back. You know, like dude's racked his dome a few times. Yeah. Got to get a couple more brain cells put back in there somehow. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Part two. Name that video part for the listeners. Here we go. Great video part. Love that one. Thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. No. I legitimately listen to this show so much. I have never gotten one. <laughs> All right, we're talking video parts. Let's talk video parts. You've had a Seattle slew of these things. Yeah, there's been there's been a lot of years. What's what's your favorite part of all the years? Fuck, I don't I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Maybe we, uh I mean, the Mr. Plant year was good. It's always, like, the video part thing's always, like, you're never, like, there's no way you're ever going to be happy with it. At least what, I mean, me personally. The Mr. Plant year was pretty good. The Joko year. Joko year was pretty good. The people years were some of my favorite mm-hmm. years. And, um, yeah, definitely shout out to Pierre Minhondo. Uh, rest in peace. Legend. <laughs> and also Justin Eels, because those guys for sure like gave me my first shot because like back when we were coming up it was like if you could get the opportunity to film with those guys then you were like a pro you know like if you were in the movie you were a pro and those guys were like can you come and film for us and I remember like at that time Volcom they were like kind of on the edge because I kind of failed the scramble year I think I was like 17 18 and then uh, those guys asked me to film for the movie and they got all fired up and they were like you got to ride our boards and we'll buy you into the movie. And then I hit up Lib to try and split it and they said no. So then I started on the Vulcan boards. Mm-hmm. But those guys fully gave me a shot to like become a professional snowboarder. I'll never forget that. That's so cool. Yeah. But for sponsors, your first board sponsor was Moro, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, they like, 
Yeah. You know, they gave me a board. I think my first paycheck was from Volcom. Cool. Yeah. And then you wrote lib boards in Volcom. Yeah, lib boards. And I think lib gave me some travel money. And uh, same with Volcom. It was like travel in the beginning and then film the first part and got a, the cover of Transworld. And then it was like on. Yeah. And then it was like, hey, I'm making money. I can do this. this was cool. the, that the Whistler Curtis jump? That was later, right? Yeah, that was this. Which, which was the first cover? I think that was later. What was it? No, I think, I think it was the video part. And then I can't remember what year we got the cover. It was one of the People movies because they gave it to me at the premiere. God, I'm like Austin right now. I have the worst memory ever. <laughs> but that's the jump in Whistler that's like the Curtis cover jump. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. jump's sick. Which is pretty cool. Mikey and those guys call it. Even though like Aero Nimala went and freaking destroyed that thing later, it, it, Mikey's always like, oh, yeah, the Curtis cover jump. And I'm like, that's cool. They call it that. To like have like a some sort of little feature in there is like, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And you front-fived it? Got the cover? Uh, front seven melon. Front seven melon. Okay. I think, yeah. yeah. And that was sick, and they surprised you at the premiere? Yeah. Yeah, and it was like, that was actually a pretty funny Austin story. They were like, Austin knew it was coming, so he was like trying to get me super fucked up, but totally failed, and he just got <laughs> completely annihilated. <laughs> I think JP Walker choked him out at the premiere. That's how drunk he was. And <laughs> Can we get some more context on that? Yeah. I don't know. He was just out of his mind, hammered, and like being an idiot, and probably fucking with JP, knowing Austin, and JP was like, all right, enough. Which... Yeah, whatever. It was funny. Yeah. Like, what is it about Bachelor, actually? Like, now that you're just touching base on it, but, like, I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, legitimately, like, if there's anywhere flatter than Colorado, it's probably okay. Bachelor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but there's the talent that, like, comes out of that zone is psycho. It's crazy between, you know, you and Austin and the Fergs and Jer and I don't, even before that, like, McAllister yeah, and Dirksen, Dirksen and Yamada and Aggie. the list goes on forever and ever. It's crazy, though. I don't know. It's a really, uh, it's kind of cool. Like here, like this place is kind of has the same vibe, right? Like you guys are definitely probably the main hub for pro snowboarders, I would say. But like for how small Bend is and how kind of like, like we're all really close, which is kind of cool. Like we'll go watch football at freaking Ben's house and it's like Austin, Ben, Gabe, Jared, me, you know, like you'll, you'll see ev- like every at the mountain, everyone's riding together always where I feel like here there's so many, there's probably like different clicks maybe. And different resorts. I guess you guys have different options for that, and depending on where you live in the city. But I don't know. But like seeing like what Ben and Gabe and Jared and now and now there's this new generation that's coming too, which is super exciting. Yeah, Kai and Kai like and all those kids. Yeah, this kid Elijah. It's like why are you guys so good? I don't know. It's probably because the mountain is pretty flat, and you have to learn how to keep your speed and turn. Keeping I don't. There's so many like natural features and. Lords of the Traverse. Lords, Lords of the Traverse. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, I've put down a couple of mean traverses in my day. I texted him about one last year. Like, I've been they've, – they've called, like, mid-traverse, and they're like, Pash, you would love this right now. We're mid-traverse. I've got another solid 20 minutes. I was like, what the fuck? You're calling me right now? All, all the hit, like, probably, like, a 14-foot jump and then traverse all the way back, you know? You see their calves for the toe side traverse. It's yeah. unbelievable. But it yeah. makes sense here, right? Like, I mean, here there's – how many resorts? Six or seven resorts within a half hour of where we're sitting right now. But yeah. In Bend, you're like, there's literally Bachelor. And my only thought, like, behind that all always is, is like, I don't know, maybe they're going, maybe they're trained so much at the summer camps. Like, <laughs> you know, maybe Hood has been really good to them or something. I don't know. It's I do think, enough. like, a weird, and I might be totally off, but, like, the the snowboard scene there, it's big, but it's also pretty small. And, like, we all ride together. Like, even, like, Kai or, like, those kids, like... I don't know. And when I started riding there, like I'd ride with James and Jana and Dirksen sometimes, like it's a pretty small community. And then you start riding with the dudes that are like doing it. And it like, 
I don't know if it makes you, makes you like give you that feel like I can do this or if it's like, you know, I don't know. You just get better riding with better people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's ev- no real step skippers. Everybody's got rock solid fundamentals. For that's sure. A, that's a huge part of it, I feel like. Yeah, like pff, those kids, Ben, Gabe, and Jared, they're all just like, dude, those kids are so good. They're yeah. good in freaking Alaska. You're like, what? It's fine. Well, I feel like you can kind of bullshit your way into being a good handrail snowboarder. Like, <laughs> you know, know what I mean? Like, you don't necessarily, like, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, a group in Massachusetts, you, sometimes you just, you're dropping in on a dropping ramp and you're going dead straight and then you just got to, like, get your board onto the rail and, like, survive. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you're going to get paid the fuck yeah, out oh, if you but don't. It, but it doesn't necessarily make you able to destroy the mountain oh, and yeah, read yeah, terrain yeah. and all that stuff. That was something that was interesting talking to uh, Billy Anderson is he was saying that at a young age he saw that you had an eye for, like, reading terrain, like, where you were you knew how to do a pow turn when you were, like, fucking 10 years old. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know if surfing comes into that or if it's just, like, watching him do it. I mean... I'm not going to freaking stroke that dude off too much, but he's done a lot for me. And like, he was like, I want that. I want that method. I want to be able to turn like him. Although he was goofy foot, which was super hard. I wished I was goofy so bad, but I'm mm. like too late. Oh, must be nice. Yeah. Bash. God's yeah. God stance. God stance. Yeah. But it was just like, you see who all of us did it. It's like, you're, you're not like exactly emulating them, but you're like, I want to do it like that. Yeah. Your you role know? model models having like, Billy Anderson for helps sure. you. You're going to have a good method. For sure. You're going to have a good method. For sure. You're just like, I want to be like that person. And they're the pro snowboarders. You're like, I want that life. Mm-hmm. It also probably makes sense. A lot of around Bachelor, like, oh, you're always trying to, like, get, get here, speed. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> so you're yeah. always yeah. trying to, like, yeah. <laughs> press through stuff and whatnot. But it's, it's um, so, it is funny, though. Like, anything over two feet at Bachelor, and you're just like, okay, I'm in it to here. Let me take off my board. <laughs> And I'm just kind of post-holding through the flats. I can strap back in. Okay, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) But now with, like, equipment and stuff, like, people are showing up, like, two ten swallowtails, and you're just like, you get one of them in the group, and you're like, okay, you bust a trail. Then the jump lines are in, and it's like, that's all it is. It's like the turby kind of. Totally, 100%. And you're like, turby's out front. You feel me, Pash? Ski-do? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Honestly. (laughs) But the, uh, yeah, it's all natural jumps. I think that's mainly the big part of it. And also, you guys all seem to be good at bank slaloms. Like, that's very prestigious. Like, on the Northeast, nobody gives a shit about bank slaloms. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like... It's such a funny deal in the Northwest. Yeah, Northwest, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we got rail jams. You guys got Baker banked. Dude, you'll see, like, the fucking gnarliest Baker dude in the world up there who's, like... Like, there's guys like Dan and Shay, and everybody's stressed mm-hmm. out, or, like, Eggers and Blair, and they're just, like, the mind fuck around the bank slalom oh, about, like, wild. doing good. It's just, like, I need this. Uh, yeah. and I'm the same way. Like, I want to win that thing so bad, but it's just, like, it's such a stress. It's, I don't know. In the Northwest community, it is, like, the freaking holy grail. It's, like, racing motocross, kind of. Totally. Totally. Because racing's amazing. It's not It's not subjective. You're exactly. Just, I went faster than you did. Straight it's up. It's the best bragging rights there is. You can't argue that you b- had a better run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always comes down to, well, I had that one bobble in turn 15 <laughs> where my tail kind of went over the lip. I think I lost about eight seconds there somehow. <laughs> you know? seconds. <laughs> you, Kurt, do you got that type? You have that I, type? I have a third place in Pro Men. Did you do good when you were a kid, too? I got second in one of the kids' one. It was, it was a good year. It was right was writing for Lib. It was my first bank slalom. Lubkey got first. I got second. E-Jack got third. It was all the Lib Damn. kids. Mm. It was pretty cool. And then, so you got a third in the... You've, you've had a lot of, like, top tens, though, right? Yeah, a lot of... Quite a few top tens. A lot of 11s, mm, which stings. Nice. But you, quite a few top tens. I got a couple blankies back home. Mm-hmm. I, used, I used the blankies. Has so. Austin ever beat you? Uh, he has in the bank slalom, oh, for yes, sure. Okay. Yeah. But you got a derby win, right? Yeah, he's got a... I've got... I got two or maybe 
I think it's I think it's just two. Might be three, but I think it's two. And then Austin has one for sure. And you have a really good double tap record. Oh my god! <laughs> Can we talk about the double tap? I think you're at Brighton, right? Yeah, worst <laughs> slam of my life. <laughs> and like, you know what's funny about all this is like my team manager is the biggest <laughs> sitting over here, the biggest <laughs> internet troll there is. Maybe besides Pierre Wickberg, he's up there too. Yeah, Pierre's. Uh, Richards, Richards is in there. Yeah, great guy. So I come out to the double tap to help Austin and Brian with the drink water stuff because I'm like kind of a part of the thing, you know, in this weird way, and. uh Helping, and I'm like, help shape the course, build it, and I'm like maintaining it. And then it was like Hans Mendick or someone didn't have somebody to race against, and fucking Austin's like, oh, well, you should go race him. And I'm like, I haven't taken a run through this thing. He's like, what? I mean, you shouldn't just be staying there. You should go race him. And I was like, all right, fuck it. So we go, we get through like three corners, and he starts getting in front of me, and I'm like, oh, no, motherfucker, it's on. Like, I'm going to turn it on. Start hauling ass, get down to like, there's like the make or break turn, you know? It's like a hard right hander on my toes, and I'm going way too fast, and I like, Toe edge just slips out of the berm, and I just catch my face on the berm going out that way. <laughs> and, like, goggles just, like, crunch my forehead. And, you know, like, and it wasn't knocked out, but I got up, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was, that was a good one. You know, you know when it's a good one. And I was like, you know, like, walk down. Or, and then, luckily, um, Tonino and Liz were up there coping, and Liz just like, all right, we're going to go figure this out. Took me down, went to the body worker. Which then Travis Rice and Bodie came in right after me. That race was fucking destruction. They got bodied as well. Dude, we all got <laughs> fucked. Took out some of the finest for sure. But we went to your guys' body where you guy Den. Den, yeah. Den. Den's a freaking animal. I mean, I don't know what was more painful, the crash or the freaking <laughs> working he gave me on the table. But I was super nauseous. Then I got out of there. I was feeling super good. I was fine. Went and hung at Tino's house. Drove home the next day. And I got to like Burns, which is like three hours outside of Bend on the 11-hour drive from here to Bend. And my eyes started swelling shut. <laughs> So I'm like driving home and like the last hour I'm literally holding my left eye open and I don't know what I'm looking like, like what I'm looking like, you know, and I open the front door and my fiance, Melissa, my better half, bless her heart. She just starts bawling, crying, <laughs> like straight crying, like what the fuck happened to you, blah, blah, blah. Like didn't even like get through the entryway straight back, CAT scan, the whole deal. And then into like the freaking four hour talk from the doctor about wearing helmets, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you're right. Shit. There's no. That's actually a good topic to talk about, I think, at some point. It's like, there's no reason why we all shouldn't be wearing helmets. But, the um, yeah, that was a brutal one. Then I had black eyes for, like, two more months, and then Pashley just kept, like, grabbing photos. And yeah, we then, have like, some photos. Yeah, mm -hmm. photoshopping sure my face on everyone. nice people. <laughs> I missed the derby because I was, like, uh, I just didn't want to hit my head again, even though the derby's, like, very low consequence. But I just went up there and hung out and had two black eyes, and this guy's just giving me a hard time. <laughs> and then it was, like, yeah, it just... Yeah, black eyes for so long. I've got like a photo on the K2 website where it's like three months later and we're at like Targi and I still have just like just a little bit. <laughs> we haven't slept in like two weeks. That was the let's help Kurt, he's hurt scenario. Yeah. <laughs> the old uh, double tap. I'll never forget too, but I get like, I've been, you know, fucked up pretty good a couple times. So like I put like a bed in my living room. Yeah, I've heard about mm. this. Yeah, the living room bed. Everybody loves to talk about it. <laughs> Austin's like, oh God, what are you doing in here? I'm like, no, I'm just hurt. We're not... Nothing of what you think is happening <laughs> is happening here. But Jake Price walks in. Love him. He's like, you know, part of our family. He's one of my best friends. Um, well, actually is part of the family. He actually he is, is. Technically is. Yep. Wish he wasn't. But no, no. But he walks in with like some flowers. Someone must have told him. I was like, it was pretty funny. Just starts crying, laughing, puts the flowers down, doesn't say a word, leaves. And I'm just like, <laughs> that makes me feel better, Jake. It's good to see you too. Can we talk about the bed in the living room scenario? Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on the reasons? Well, okay, so my lady and I 
we had, uh, it's like a three bedroom, two bath house and everything's upstairs. And there's like a basement that we actually like lived in. So we could rent out the upstairs, just hustling the Airbnb thing. And like the basement's just like, I don't know, it's dark and cold and like, you know, it is what it is. And I'm like, I want to sleep upstairs. And I'm just like, like lay, it's like lay on the couch, watch TV or like drag a mattress out and lay there. It's the injury situation. You know, when, like a bird flies into the window, you're supposed to put them in like those shoe boxes, like a concussion box. Oh, that's the same, same it's scenario? A, it's, it's kind of same, same. <laughs> that's what you're comparing yourself to? Is it like an injured hummingbird? <laughs> it's a bird in the window scenario. Uh, I mean, it's, it's very similar. Sparrow smokes window, <laughs> sleeps inside, watches TV from bed, and comfy couch. Living room bed. <laughs> yeah, okay, makes sense. This pencil's out. I, I don't know why. What, what I understand... I think it's easier to just get, like, the dogs in and out and shit like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. I've actually been told that you're kind of your best type of scenario, like your dream in life, <laughs> is to just kind of have to lay in the living room and watch TV, though. Mm-hmm. There is times. There is times. <laughs> times. I just spent two weeks with you on a boat, and you were... You know, but in my defense, <laughs> all right... <laughs> I just did, like, July through October, like, 2 a.m. is when I time I get up to work. And then I'm, like, sleeping in you know, the camp, my camper or a tent. And I have to say shout-out to Dustin Anderson and Zandy Anderson because that's where I live when I'm doing all the fishing shit. I hate to bring it back up. Sorry. Um, but then, like, I get home and I'm just like, fuck, dude, I just want to, like, chill. And then Jake is always like, dude, there's, like, this sick fucking rave, like, underground DJ guy on Tuesday night. I'm like, delete my fucking number, loser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, rave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're fucking 42 years old. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right, we're going to talk goggles and we're going to talk Dragon. So gear up for the snow season with Dragon Alliance, the brand who is celebrating their 30th anniversary this year, just released their latest snow goggle, the NFX Mag, packed with next level features like their proprietary Luma lens, color optimizing lens technology and SwiftLock Magnetics lens-changing system. Everybody loves those magnet lenses. They also got armored venting. They got OTG compatibility, infrared radiation lens options, and bonus lenses. You hear that? Bonus lenses. Now, if that weren't enough, this kit is one of the best values on the market. The NFX Mag, like all Dragon Styles, provides riders with the kind of high-end technology you want at a price you need. So head on over to DragonAlliance.com and use promo code BOMBHOLE20, all caps, for 20% off your total purchase, valid through December 31st, with the exception of their Black Friday and holiday site-wide sale. Again, that's promo code BOMBHOLE20 for 20% off your order and get yourself some dragons. You know what I feel like you and Austin, and well, I've never slid with Austin or you, actually, but Brian, like you guys are really good at uh, doubling. There's he, an art to good double. Yeah, 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 for sure. And there's an art to being a good doubler. Yes. Mm. Like, you got to stay the fuck out of the cockpit. You get yep. a lot of people. Brian's harder because he has shorter arms. Same with Ejack. And they're, like, kind of in there. And I'm pretty lengthy. Like, I'm the longer, crowders. I'm the crowders. longer that way than I yeah. am. Rajon Rondo tall. reach. Yeah, and if, if you're in there and you can't, you can't fucking get across, that's when it... Yeah. yeah, stay out of the cockpit. Yeah, but stay yeah. neutral. Stay neutral. Stay in the middle. Keep your weight centered. There is an art to the doubling though, yeah. because like a lot of people just drop the hammer and then it just gets harder and harder. And you're like you're trying to maintain the double track, but yet get to the top smooth, you know. And then maybe there's some showboating somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's harder on a skeeter, obviously, because you're bouncing no, around so much and there's trenching everything now, right? That's Inaccurate. That's fake totally news. Inaccurate. That's actually fake Inaccurate. news. Inaccurate. Inaccurate. 
You know, I remember one time I was doubling Brian, and it was like this big face, and I was like, all right, hop off, and he just stared at me, and I'm like, okay, well, I can't really do <laughs> anything until you decide to jump off. Someone's got to make a move here. Yeah, so <laughs> it was just like, we just kept climbing and kept climbing. He was just, it was like uh, Braveheart, you know, like, <laughs> hold, hold, and there's, and, uh. Now? No. <laughs> <laughs> now? <laughs> Those are some of the funniest scenarios, though, when you get into, like, a shitty situation. I know you're like, bail, 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 bail. <laughs> you know, oh, my God. Think about last year at uh, Cliff Creek. We're all out there, and... Um, <clears throat> oh, and yeah, who yeah, yeah. Who is it that you were doubling? Uh, I was doubling Carter, I think? Or no, I was doubling Gooch. No, because I was with Carter. Yeah. And we were going, and, like, the two of us, it's two sleds kind of going up the same hill, and, yeah, Curtis is doubling Gooch, and Carter's doubling me, and we're both kind of going up the same face at the same time, and... <laughs> I'm a Carter and I are a Polaris, and, mm-hmm. and these two are on Kurt's, mm-hmm. Kurt's, Kurt's mm-hmm. studio. I know, mm-hmm. why am I telling the story? It starts whistling. <laughs> and we're like ripping up, and you can hear Kurt just like, <laughs> and I'm looking at Carter, and we start kind of by, I was like, do not fucking let this happen. Do not let <laughs> yeah, this happen. Carter's like, driving. I was like, we are not quitting. He's just like, pin it, bury this throttle. Like, <laughs> and of course, we get to the point, and I'm like, you're fucked. And I jump <laughs> off, hop off, and these two idiots just like, like right fast. I was like, it was a low point. <laughs> Low the, point of my winner for sure. The whistle wagon made it right to the yeah, top. Dude, oh yeah, it was painful to watch yeah. actually. Yeah, that sounds like a skidoo to me. Mm. <laughs> That's what mm. that sounds like. <laughs> I heard you guys went to Alaska and got stuck in a glacier once. You guys oh want to tell that story? That was actually yeah, that was a great one with mm-hmm. Colin Wiseman. Still love you, man. Sorry about this <laughs> talk earlier. <laughs> no, no, there's no offense there. <laughs> um, He's going to love it. The amount uh, of shit he gives me about boogie boarding is, uh, like, this is all going to come back full uh, circle. Okay, so, Snowboard Journal Trip and Smart Wool Trip collab with Alaska Backcountry Guides at that time? With Champ? Was, it, was that No, through? ASG. ASG. Alaska Snowboard Guides. Snowboard Guides. Yeah, yeah. Snowboard Guides. Uh, we were going to fly out to Glacier Camp and then splitboard. Favorite <laughs> things to do. Um, based on a glacier and then tour some peaks around there and film. And we actually got a couple days in the helicopter before that were productive. And then we flew out there. We took one run, like, walking up, snowboarding down, got some stuff. And then this fucking blizzard rolled in for, like, we were supposed to be out there for three days or four days? I, th- I think only three or something. And three yeah, days. We ended up out there, like, six or something? Yeah, six or, or seven. seven. And uh, night one, we had, like, this probably eight-man Arctic oven tent, and it was, like, no-joke blizzard style. And it, like, had, like, all these conduit like, metal conduit pieces, and they all, like, meet into, like, a big star at the top. And, the, like, heater in the tent. It's, like, plush living, you know? And um, Blizzard came in, crazy winds, and it just started snapping. And then the tent flattened, and then it was, like, Austin had a stupid Himalaya suit, which is, like, actually the perfect piece of equipment instead of the Mount Bachelor parking lot that's, like, you know, meant for this. <laughs> so It's a North Faith product, by the way. Just the, Yeah. Oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> And he had two of them, so Passion and him get in the suits. They go out, and they're, like, trying to fix it. And they quickly realize, like, it's not, it's not savable. So then we're, like, trying to, like, wedge it up somehow and build a snow wall. And then we finally, like, admit defeat. But, like, Eric, Jackson, Mary, Rand, and I, we're still in the tent. And it's, like, <laughs> you know, just violent. And that's night one. So Passion and I go not across. Not admitting defeat. They don't want to leave the tent. You're, like, this is not getting fixed. Like, yeah. you need to bail. We need to get into other tents and stuff. Yeah. Eric was in there last. He really didn't want to move. And then we, uh, so Passion and I, they had like a two-person gear man tent, or <laughs> gear tent, I guess, Oh yeah. that we jumped into, and it was like a one-person tent. Like, we woke up like, 
you know, like face to face. And I forgot to zip it all the way up. So we also woke with, woke up with like two foot snow drift across our legs. But the sleeping bags were quite nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were, we were warm. Austin got in his hem suit, jumped in his sleeping bag, and just went face down in the snow. And he was fine. I got great photos of that. He just woke up with like snow all over his face. And then uh, Eric and Mary went into the tent with Colin, Liam, and uh, Blair. Blair. And then the next day we ended up digging this like snow cave that was big, you know, it was comfy, Mm -hmm. but it was like six days of laying in a cave in a sleeping bag and like get out to pee, eat. I mean, I say we're roughing it, but like guides were there making us lunch, making us breakfast. We were shitting in paper bags, but that was like kind of a weird technique. (laughs) You like shit in like a lunch paper bag, like you're bent over holding it up. And then you put that into a plastic bag and then into a thing. Wasn't that the process? Yeah, and imagine trying to do that in the middle of a blizzard. Oh, yeah, that's... In the middle of a glacier. It did suck. And they made it seem like you were, like, you know, you were saving the planet by doing this. And (laughs) you're like, really? Who is ever going to see this? (laughs) So, yeah, it was a a messy scene for sure. I remember one of the biggest meltdowns of the trip was between Colin and Liam. Because there's, like, all the, their tent had, like, this nice vestibule. And Liam's like, fuck that. I'm not going out there. So he took a shit in the vestibule <laughs> into the paper bag. Like, no mess. But it was just, like, really disruptive. Big on, to do. Yeah, it was. But we basically stayed in a cave for, yeah, five days or so. Sounds you, like you're, sounds like heaven for you. No. It, it was, was kind of paradise. It, it, was, it was not. <laughs> we had Mary read. Mary oh, yeah. Read, uh, what was the book? Oh, what was it? It was, like, the, the Barbarian. Barbarian. Uh, like, surfing, the surf, uh, surf traveling. She was she was a trooper. Yeah, she was. I mean, she was stuck with all of us in the cave and the trash talking and the. Then you didn't zip up the tent. Yeah. The uh, what was the? Oh yeah, last morning, still super kind of snowy, foggy. We hear a helicopter coming, and the guides came into the cave that we're in. They're just like, leave everything, get in the get in the heli. We're just like running out in our long underwear, get in the heli. We're, that was probably the scariest helicopter flight I've ever been on. It was like full yeah. white, and you just like fly it like a mountain, and then stop for a second, and then like just, just kind of going like spot to spot. And we got out and we left all of our shit and then it came out the next day. Got better, I think. Yeah, he's like staring down at an iPad to kind of follow his way out because if I think there was something to do with like if we had been out there for another day, we yeah, would have to walk we, out. We were getting ready to walk out. And it was going to be 20 miles of touring to get back out to like anywhere yeah. where they could actually come get us. Two glaciers, two passes, yeah. roped in. I was kind of fired up for that. Yeah, I was kind of into it too at the but point. But at the same time, I was like, that's going to suck when someone goes in a hole or something. Yeah. But like would have been a great story at the end, but the... I was glad, yeah, definitely ready to get out of there. And the pirates, they, uh, oh, yeah. they're like, don't tell anybody because we had to leave everything out there. And they're like, don't say where you guys were or what you guys were doing or anything because they were worried about sled pirates. Like, and we're like, what the fuck are sled pirates? And they're like, yeah, these dudes will know, like, they know that you guys are all with film crews and stuff and you've left everything out there. And they were concerned, like, people were going to sled from Valdez in and go steal all yeah, of our shit. Take all of our shit. Because <laughs> it was kind of end of the season. It was really late in the season. That was like the big issue is like the helicopters were leaving and everything. And, yeah, we were stuck up there. Yeah, for how sh- shitty that could have been, it was like it was pretty chill. super plush. <laughs> it was actually super fun, and we have a fun story about it. Yeah, for sure. What were you guys doing out there? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> nothing, really. <laughs> no, no. Like, it was a snowboard journal. F- it, what was the yeah, name of great, the— Yeah, uh, great magazine, by the way. Great magazine. Yeah, Love fantastic magazine. magazine. Photo editor is a great human. <laughs> I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's hot, too. Yeah, he's like good looking hot. Yeah, it's crazy. Um we were, yeah, Snowboard Journal tr- Story. What was the name of the video now we're spacing? But I can't remember either. Yeah, they did like a little, Liam Gallagher like filmed a little video on it and uh, and then Colin kind of shot everything and. Uh, we, were, we were going insane. Like Blair dug down into the glacier and made like this <laughs> insane bathroom. It was, a, 
was nice. Yeah, it was nice. All right, we got a couple of Patreon questions here. <clears throat> it's from Charles Nuccio, aka Chuck Nacho. He says, "Do you still have an Ender left in you?" Uh-huh. Getting getting tired, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll see. We're gonna make a movie this year, so you know anything can happen. Probably not. Ten barrel. Ten barrel. Tim Barrel produced production and uh, I'm filming with Ben Ferguson and Eric Jackson, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to put you in a house, fill it full of beers. Yeah. And just set, set us free. Set, so, set you free. Two filmers, sick house in a great backcountry area, and uh, we'll see what comes of it. Just basically a bunch of shells of humans on top of like pat downs. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, basically. Hung over. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy breathing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, You go first. Thomas McGrath wants to know, Dirksen Derby or Snake Run Rally? That's a great question. I think they're both good for different reasons. Um, Where's the Snake Run? Where is that? It's... I know it's in Oregon, but... It's been at Hoodoo. It wasn't, wasn't like, near Bachelor. They're just different. They're kind of not comparable. Dirksen's race is a little more user-friendly, for sure. Snake Run Rally is a little more rowdy. Um... Event-wise, I'd probably choose, I don't know. I mean, Dirksen's event's bigger, but the Snake and Rally's course is way more fun. No offense, Dirksen, I also love you. Fuck, I'm going down. <laughs> no invite back to the Rancho Relaxo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Silk, do you want to hit the Andrew Cruz Patreon question? Yeah. It says, hey, Curtis, was curious about your opinion. Does surfing make you a better snowboarder, or snowboarding make you a better surfer? They're both totally... Different and in a weird way, this kind of is another off topic. That's kind of one of my biggest pet peeves is when like people compare like snowboarding and skateboarding and surfing and snowboarding. I mean, there is huge similarities, but they're different sports, right? Like, I don't know, I don't know that that oh, that one always grinds my gears. Like, oh, that was skate style, and you're like, yeah, I guess I don't know, you know, or like, I don't know. There's all, or like the surf stuff, like oh, it was a surfy turn, which I get it, but like I I. I I'd rather see it just separate a little bit, I guess. I don't know. It's like one year in the ocean, one year in the fucking mountains. It's, you know, but maybe, you know, I don't know. I'm not like, I'm a decent surfer. Like I am sufficient at it, but I'm not like a good surfer by any means. Mm. Like I, I disagree. I can yeah. paddle around and catch waves and stuff. You got run like, over by a naked boogie boarder at age 12 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> You've been surfing for a long time. I'm never going to hear the end of that one. <laughs> no. And I think like, if I think about it, like thinking of, snowboarders that surf like you're definitely up there with like the yeah he's top tier you know like brock and dude brock's judd and, brock and judd are messed up but they grew up right there like yeah. you're like oregon kid like yes yeah gabe yeah. taylor gabe taylor gabe taylor's surfer. insane I've seen you. chris hotel was insane too oh really yeah i've seen you get barreled yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not, if you're getting barreled, you're not just a mediocre surfer. Yeah, no, I like, am Like, you know who's a mediocre surfer? Me. I'm on a wave <laughs> I'm, bar- I'm going dead straight. You know what I mean? That's Move! Yeah. Move! <laughs> There's somebody in front of me. They're getting run over. I can't turn. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm a good enough surfer where, like, I travel around and I surf a lot, and I can usually kind of, like, you know, blend in. Don't you have that. a sur- Don't you have a wave surfboard? I, a, yeah, like a river, river wave surfboard. Uh, through Travis Jamada's company, so it's not like... Not like I'm good enough. You got enough. a pro model? Yeah, yeah. pro model. He's got river. a pro model surfboard. Yeah, exactly. And he's oh, a mediocre yeah. surfer. Through, oh, oh. It's Travis Jabata's company, Cubicle Surfboards, who's, he was just like, hey, what do you think? Like, we were talking surfboard design. I was like, hey, this would be cool. And he made it, and then he put my name on it, which was kind of. So you got a pro model surfboard. Yeah, yeah. river wave surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's no different. big deal. Uh, B-Fox has come a long way. Yeah, B-Fox. B-Fox mm-hmm. surfs well. 
What about a- have you surfed with Alo recently? Uh, oh, dude, I haven't surfed with Alo in a long time, but I've been surfing a lot of Alo surfboards, and he's freaking yeah, he's he's the best, mm. one of them. You know who else is really freaking good is Brian Gucci. Really, oh, he's crazy good. Yeah, yeah. I would randomly went on a trip with him um, to Chile, and we surfed a lot of left hand points in cold water, and I was like, oh, this guy fucking rips. He's he's good. Blair's really good too. Blair surfs probably more than all of us. And Gooch is in that river, like the the river, the lunch counter up in Jackson. Oh, it's yeah, crazy. the snake. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. He's out there all the time, or like in the summer. like, But he'll like pick it up like super fast, like just go out there and be like, and I'm like, he's like, Pash, you should come check it out. And I'm like looking down there, I'm like, not a fucking chance, man. Like, <laughs> You're just getting like, washed down a fucking <laughs> yeah. whitewater rapid. So, so then I fall, <laughs> and then I go through that. <laughs> yeah, legitimately, yeah. legitimately, people are paying for rapid trips. Like they're like fl- floating by you. I was like, no fucking way am I going out there. How's Pash on the surfboard? I don't think we've ever surfed. He's been he's been known to bug. We well actually that's a funny. He's more of a American. He's, he's, he's a boogie guy. I was really <laughs> hoping that this story. So was, bo- so was he the naked boogie boarder? No, he, oh, it, it wasn't his dick that touched my leg. Um, <laughs> Although yeah. it has. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> so, so so Pash is a boogie guy. I got actually two good Pashley stories that I have to tell okay. since he's sitting oh, there. For yes. Fuck's sake. Um, but we go on a smartwall trip to where was that? Vancouver Island. Tofino. Tofino. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, well, that was a random one. He's like, you want to go to Tofino? Yeah, let's go. And he brought the ultra runner dude who was hilarious. What was his name again? Uh, Paul. Uh, oh, I'm spacing Paul. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. His name's Paul. Paul. Yeah, Paul. Great guy. Ultra <laughs> runner dude. And then like Austin Smith, Jake, Price, and I. No. And it, what? Who else is there? No, no. Jake was not part of this. Well, no, no. Jake was our plus one. Yeah, we get you, to all, part- you always get a plus one on the smart world trips, which is nice. Let mm-hmm. me just tee up the beginning of this and then Kirk can take it from here. But <laughs> we show up in Port Angeles. You know, like oh, yeah, Scott Sullivan have... is an old buddy and whatnot. So my wife's there too. We show up to Port Angeles and we're hanging out with Scott and everything. And we're down at the Straight Slice, his pizza shop. Good, uh, good little place if mm-hmm. you're ever out there. Fantastic. And place. Um, we're hanging and waiting for these guys to show up. And Kurt and Austin show up and they're like, um, "Yeah, hey Pash, um, what's the plus one scenario?" And I'm like, <laughs> "What is the plus one scenario? What is that?" And they're like, "Well, we kind of brought Jake." And I was like, "What do you mean you're kind of gonna bring Jake?" They're like, "Well, no, we didn't kind of. Bring- He's here." And like, he- <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, like, yeah, Jake's on the trip now too. Great, cool. And so then we continue across and go to Victoria. Continue there. You go for there. We go, we go up. The surf's pumping. Um, I have a nice place on the beach. We go to dinner. So we start surfing. Waves are big, and Pash is like, I'm gonna go fuck with these guys. I'm gonna go boogie boarding out there and talk shit to him. And it's like, there's a crazy riptide right. We're in this Cox Bay, and there's a crazy riptide right next to these rocks. And somehow he gets stuck in there, and the, it's pulling him out. He's trying to come back in. I mean, I didn't see it. I was in the water, but you were like clung to the rocks at one point, weren't you? No, no flippers. No. Like, oh yeah, didn't didn't have the fins or flippies. <laughs> I don't know what you called. You didn't have web feet either. <laughs> didn't have the web feet. <laughs> It was a fucking traumatizing experience for me. And the, the, yeah, he the was, was kind of shook a little bit. The story really goes, I'm from fucking, I mean, I'm from Michigan. I grew up in Colorado. And so, like, I am not a beach person at all. And they're like, and these guys are, you know, it's like Austin, Brian, and Kurt. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're surfers. Da, 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 like, we love this stuff. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, we're going to go out. And I'm, I'm like, what is with, you know, like, surfers always running everywhere? They're always running on the beach? Like, I'm like, the, is the ocean going somewhere? Like, what's the hurry? Like, you know, you can't you not just walk in there? And so I was like, 
and there was an opportunity to like there was some bright green boogie board and I'm like dude let's film this little skit like me making fun of surfers like this is gonna be a good time and I proceed to like so we start filming this whole skit we can we can give it to you it's a really priceless piece and so I'm like joking around like doing and they're, I'm like they're always stretching and they're always doing all this stuff like limbering up and then just go running into the ocean and I do this exact same thing with this bright green boogie board no flippers or anything. I'm not a boogie boarder either at this point. Now, now apparently I am. Big <laughs> one. And they're like, oh, just go into the rip and you'll get pulled out and then you'll be able to catch some waves and everything. I was like, okay, cool. So I go in and I'm just getting sucked to fucking sea. Like, he's, peace, like, he's gone. And they're like waving me and I'm like, yeah, I'm waving too. And they're like, and then I find out they're like actually trying to wave me in. Like, like no, no, you're like going way out. And so I finally get out and I'm like worked at this point. <laughs> And I finally get out, and it's like seas are rough. It's also dark and Caesar super rough. <laughs> it's also dark and super cold. Like, also apparently maybe kind of sharky, or I think it's sharky. <laughs> and so I'm like, fuck this. And so the first wave that kind of comes, like it kind of like grabs me, and I'm like, I'm going in all the way in, and I kind of go in, like, tum, 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 and it just pushes me back into the channel, and I'm just getting sucked back out again. I'm like, no. fuck this. And I turn and I see one rogue wave. I'm like, this is my only opportunity. And there's like a jetty in between Cox Bay and Chesterman's, I guess it is. Yeah, it's just a bunch of big rocks that yeah, come out. I'm really blowing out all the uh, Tofino zone. <laughs> no, but, and I just see this one rogue wave. I'm like, this is my only opportunity. And the rogue wave grabs me and it like flings me and I go straight onto rocks, starfish now. <laughs> and grab onto the rocks and then just like scurry up the rocks. And I'm so worked at this point, I flop over the edge. And the only thing that these assholes from, the, I'm like basically even with them in the lineup can see is like my so, arm. So boogie board dangling down. <laughs> so good. Just flapping on so the rock <laughs> and I just get up stand up and walk back into shore like walked back on the rocks the whole way in and that probably is the last time I've been in the fucking ocean <laughs> and now everybody thinks I'm a pro up. fucking boogie boarder it's crazy <laughs> crying laughing in the water Ugh. yeah nearly fucking drowned <laughs> good times yeah I'm a fucking allergic to sand now fuck that shit <laughs> Good times. <laughs> okay, so that, that seems like story number one. It seems like you had another one potentially as well. Oh, yeah. So we're in Idaho filming, and for whatever reason, Pashley got an awesome house. And uh, it was tight, kind of like we were a little short on bed space. For whatever reason, Austin like slept in the closet in Pashley's bathroom. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how it happened, but they had the same toothbrush or like same, <laughs> same style. And I'll never forget it. We're like in the kitchen eating breakfast and Pashley comes out like brushing his teeth and Austin's like, Pashley, I think that's my toothbrush. And Pashley's like, no, it's not. Austin's like, no, that's, that's my toothbrush. <laughs> he's like, no, no. He pulls it out. He's like, no, 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 no. And like takes off running into the bathroom. Pretty sure he was vomiting in there or something. Oh, it was fucking, fucked, yeah. it was so good. I mean, people need to see, we, maybe you need to get a photo, zoom in on Austin's mouthpiece. I don't know. I also don't know if he's, Stories are going to be funny for the yeah. random consumer if it's just, like, more for us. They're great. All right, where are we? Let me look at my notes here. We've ran through a lot of stuff. I guess it could be a time to talk about the shit that we don't really want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. The stuff that nobody wants to hear about. Fishing. <laughs> boogie boarder over my... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just... Do we need to go back to naked boogie boarder? <laughs> no, no. We're, we could revisit we're, that. We're good. We're good. <laughs> that chapter's closed. <laughs> we're good. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about Columbia because you were on Vico forever. Yeah. Now, now yeah. you got a Columbia deal. Yeah. Uh, Columbia is uh, what? It's on with them four years ago now, and they've been nothing but fantastic to me. I'm stoked to be with them. They're, uh my deal is pretty interesting. It's a uh, half snowboarding, half fishing. So like I do a lot of the f fishing stuff on one side, and then the 
snowboarding stuff on the other. And um, there's been some pretty exciting stuff happening over there. You know, Mike Dawson from 32 Designer. Yep. He was at Nitro forever ago yeah. with like yep. when Fox and Austin and like way back when Tino was team manager. He's the new outerwear designer at Columbia. Sick. Oh, crazy. Freaking. I just met with them and started to work on new stuff and it's pretty exciting. And they're, uh, and then the fishing side's rad. They're like, I get to go on like saltwater fishing trips. It's for free. They take me to go do that and cr- uh, create fishing content with them. It's great. Are they bigger in snow or in fish, do you think? Fish, for sure. Fish, okay. Yeah, their fish business is huge. I mean, but dude, they've been around it forever in the snow world. I mean, I had a bugaboo. I remember vividly. Ever. The bugaboo. It's crazy because they own Mountain Hardware, too. Mm. So they're like, they don't, like, Mountain Hardware handles, like, the super high-end stuff, but Mm -hmm. then, like, they're kind of, like, the middle of the road thing. They make waders and everything, too? No waders. No waders, okay. It's just, like, sun shirts and stuff. It's crazy. Most of their business is, like, in the southeast, or like the saltwater world, and then I guess I'm kind of like the Northwest trying to get it going marketing-wise in the Northwest. Yeah, because it's so much like flats fishing and stuff, eh? Totally, yeah. totally. I heard a story from my man that he went fishing with you, and uh, you left your waders on like a heater, and then you had a hole in your waders. Oh, my God, dude. And you had to go fishing with a hole in your waders. Dude, that was insane, actually. It was <laughs> Jess Gibson, Ika, and I, and we floated this river. Uh, it's kind of a secret one, so I'm not going to name it, but it's little ways from bend and it was like late fall and we like the first day it was like 50 degrees super nice and then that night it went to like straight up zero degrees and we're like we're all in this one six-man tent with a buddy heater just like freezing our nuts off and uh i wake up in the morning i'm like what's that what's that smell because like brought the waiters in to dry out and i like kicked them off the fucking buddy heater and just melted a hole in my waiters like that big and we're like you know you float down x amount camp and then you have like a whole nother day of fishing before you get to the truck and like the river's like icing up on the sides we're like breaking ice in the raft it sucked it really sucked but i like put like four or uh, two trash bags i put them like up to here it actually wasn't that bad mm. like, like the water didn't end up getting above the trash bags but it was freezing pro tip use trash bags yeah silk d on, we, on the inside <laughs> we got a slew of um Patreon questions about fishing. You want to tee a couple of those up? Yeah, we got a handful. There's probably the only people listening to this section. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, shout, out, shout out you all, guys. All snowboarders have signed off yeah. by now. Yeah. Sorry, right. sorry guys. <laughs> we got one from Nar Doggy. Great name. Curtis, besides I'd- being a pro snowboarder, you're also a prolific steelhead fly fishing guide. Can you tell about can you tell us more about why steelhead are so special? What you think both sports have in common that keeps you coming back to them year after year? See this. Bonus question. See this. Why do you love hoarding old fly reels? See, this is the worst part to have Pashley here for. <laughs> um, okay. Steel. Pashley's a marathon so, It's so he hard. Have a leg to stand on. It's Actually so hard to even <laughs> answer this question with you two sitting right there. <laughs> was that Eric Leon that sent that in? No. <laughs> Maybe an alias. Yeah, exactly. From our account. But, okay, steelhead are so special because they're basically rainbow trout, right? But in the Northwest, rainbow trout sometimes will leave the river and they go out to the ocean to get a lot bigger and they swim, like, all the way over to Japan, like, out the Aleutian Islands over to Japan and then back down, come back into the river. So they live in the river for two years and then they spend anywhere from one to four years out in the ocean swimming around and somehow they don't get caught and then they got to come back up to Columbia, swim over all the dams we made and then get back up into the river. So, like... It's basically a freaking rainbow trout on steroids, right? It's like and your normal rainbow trout's like that big and steelhead get up to like whatever, you know, 20 pounds is like a huge, huge one, like fish of a lifetime. But it's just the fact that 
after all the stuff we've done to him with the dams and mess, you know, farming to whatever, like there's too many people on the earth that this, I mean, I don't know if there's too many people, but you know, there's a lot of human interaction with them and they're overfished, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that they're still surviving, surviving and they're coming back, they're really, really tough fish. And the other thing is they like fight harder than any other fish in the river. So like you hook one and you're going to get annihilated most of the time. And that's kind of what makes them so special. And now they're, the runs haven't been doing that as well as they used to be. They're definitely, like, in a record. They've, they have been in a record low the last few years. This year was a little better. And hopefully we're in, like, an up cycle to where they start doing better. But, yeah, they just have a crazy journey to get all the way back to have some dude that's paying me 800 bucks to go fucking put a hook in its fucking lip. And I'm just standing there like, you don't deserve that. You don't deserve that. <laughs> no. <laughs> what else we got, Silk? We got one from Meekorn. Something like that. Mike uh, Icorn, I think that's my boy. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Question is, Skagit or Scandi? So it's, so it's Skagit or Scandi, and it's Skagit's a line system that was developed up on the Skagit River right by Bellingham, up by Mount Baker, um, and it's a much more compact head for throwing. You guys are like, I'm speaking Spanish to you two right now. <laughs> there's um, people interested. There's yeah, like, there's, there's people four or five people interested. It's not four. It's three or four, yeah. So, yeah, it's not So a Skagit line, it's a, it's a shooting head that you mm. keep outside of the rod. It's shorter, mm. thicker. You guys have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. I know shorter and, it, and thicker. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's mainly for fish. <laughs> Story of my fucking life. Continue, Kirk. Zero chance. Yeah. Fishing in the... <laughs> So fishing in the winter, you got to throw sink tips because the water's colder. The fish don't move up to the fly to eat it. So you got to f- throw sink tips. You need more of a compact, thicker, more of a mass head to like turn the sink tip and the fly over bigger flies, blah, 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 which then gets down to the fish because they won't move to it. And then Scandinavians from Scandinavia or Scandi is from Scandinavia. Sorry. And there it's like more of a floating line system for like in the summer when you're fishing for steelhead, the water's warmer and they'll move up to the fly, which is another reason why they're so great to fish for is they're super aggressive. They're not eating in the river. They're just like the king of the river. So they want to like, you swing a fly at them and they just want to kill it. So when they grab it, they usually grab it good. And you're just like, oh shit, it's on. Okay, this is all catch and release? Uh, no, we have a hatchery program. Uh, the wild fish are in such a downturn right now and there's not enough of them to keep them. So every fish that has an adipose fin on their tail you have to let go that's a wild fish to let them swim up and spawn and then the fish that are born in the hatcheries they clip that fin off and then those get the rock shampoo as i call it and then into the cooler mm. i like that if the guys want to keep them it's so fun like it's funny because it's a different world now like i still get to fish a little bit but most of the time like everyone's like oh you're a fishing guy you go out and fish all the time I'm like i don't fish why don't you explain what a fishing guide does on a daily basis? Because I'm... I can uh, tell you right here. <laughs> Kurt sits, he, like, holds this back thing right here, and, like, sticks his hand in his waiter's <laughs> ear and just, like, stares and look, looks, like, majestic. He's like... <laughs> so, so where I have the outfitter business, it's, like... So <laughs> What's like, it called? Let's get you some business here. Jet, jet, jet boat fly guides. Jet boat mm. fly guides. But we do drift boat trips and stuff as well. Drift boats but as well. on the Deschutes, is kind of a weird river... Because, um, like where Pashley is and a lot of places out here, you can fish from a boat. So, like, you float down, you got your guys sitting in the boat, you never forget out of the boat, right? Where I fish, it's illegal to fish from a boat, so you have to be, you know, you just use the boat as an Uber, basically, getting from spot to spot. And, uh, you know, like, a lot of my dudes that I get, they're, like, good anglers, but they're old. And a lot of the places we're waiting are, like, everything. Like, we're running, like, class th- two or three. Three cla- pieces of class three whitewater in the powerboat. You'd fucking love it. Yeah, the motorhead I, part of me love oh, it. Oh yeah. my god, it's like snowmobiling, <laughs> but you just—it's uh, crazy. You 
I'll get you out there. Next time you're in Oregon, I'll even just run you up and down the river. We Let's don't even do have it. to fish. Yeah. Even um, Austin's caught fish. Really? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's shocking. The, um, but <laughs> fish most singular. of it's like old dudes and you're wading right above these rapids. So the steelhead, they, they're swimming up the river to spawn, right? And they got to get through these huge rapids and then they're going to chill a little bit in these pools, these series of pools in between the rapids. So you're, most of the time you're wading with the guy or the gal, whoever it is, you know, right above maybe a gnarly piece of whitewater. So like, you're kind of lifeguarding. A lot of times you're like a therapist, you know, depending on what's going on in the dude's life. And you're just casting instructor, trying to get him to fish the fly the right way, doing the whole deal. And um, it has been hard the last few years with the downturn in the fish runs, but it's starting to get better and fishing's been good and people are stoked, you know? Because, like, dude, I got clients that are like, they'll go out on their own and fish for four years and never have an opportunity. And they come out and get one, they're like fucking in tears. And you're like, whoa, this is a crazy. You know, like, they are that special, and it makes it that much more special when you work for them than when you can, like, you know, help them achieve their goal. It's, like, it's pretty rewarding for sure. That's good context. Understand how, how like, rare it is to catch one of these. If, if those fish aren't running, are you catching, like, trout or? Uh, not for what? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll do a trout program in the spring, and then uh, we get, like, a big massive bug hatch out there called sandflies and stoneflies. God, the snowboarders are like, fuck this dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So they're like fish single handers for trout and um, do a trout program in the spring and then the steelhead start showing up in July and that's my main business. So like July, this year I started July 12th and I ended like October 5th. When we go to Antarctica, it's like, mm, I think I, October, I, yeah. I was booked through in the October? the day before we were supposed to get Antarctica, but then the river blew up. So I had like three days off before we went to Antarctica. Yeah. So I did have time to not forget my splitboard mm-hmm, bindings, mm-hmm. but I was still kind of like winding down. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's an easy mistake. Right? <laughs> I want to hear about this jet boat. Sell me on the jet boat. Mm. So the jet boat is fucking awesome. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so like the way I started, right, you like row a raft down the river through all these rapids, and it's like the real deal. It's like. You know, it's people Polaris of the river, am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 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 drift boat would be the Polaris. Yes, the exactly. jet boat would be the skidoo. Yes, yes, yes. great you're comparison. On, you're on point. You're yep. on point. Yeah, well, who um, makes the engine? Just curious. No, Merc I run a Mercury outboard. Mm. But Yamaha makes Yamaha. good stuff Yamaha. too. Um so when you're on plane He actually I, hooked his old supercharged Yamaha <laughs> yeah, exactly. to the back of the jet boat. Thing hauls balls. King, 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 king. So it's just like an outboard motor, right? So instead of the lower unit being dropping down to a prop, it's got, uh, there's this company out of, I think it's San Miguel, California, or something like that. It's uh, near Sacramento. They put a jet on the bottom of it. So the thing that, there's a little thing that hangs below the jet. That's what we call the shoe or the foot. And it hangs about, you know, like an inch or two below the boat. And it sucks in the water, goes into the impeller, and it shoots it out the back. So I have a 200 on my boat, but when you put the jet, conversion on it it drops it down to a 150 but like a 200 horsepower on a 21 f- on the boat that i have is like way overpowered but like for running the rapids like a lot of times i'm doing like 10 day camp trips with different groups throughout that 10 days but you're running up like like i'm like barely staring over the gear and i got to cook in the boat and all the tents all the stoves all the blah 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 shitter you know so you need all the power to get up the river and um the deschutes is a very as far as like there's more technical ones in idaho like the snake and Hell's Canyon stuff. It's just bigger water, but the Deschutes is, there's rapids and it's just all bedrock. So like you fuck up, you're going to fucking send somebody out of the boat because you're going to park it on something firm and they're going to go flying. So you like, it's a real game. Like I've been hazed pretty hard in snowboarding, obviously in the area that we grew up with <laughs> different times for sure. 
and in surfing, but like the worst hazing I've ever experienced in my life was breaking into like the fishing guide scene where I operate. Dudes are fucking dicks. But now they're all like really good friends. Mm. So you know the river really well to where you can navigate it and you know where all the rocks we, are. So we run up like basically in the dark <clears throat> and you know exactly where every single little piece is. Like you're looking at markers on the bank and then markers in the river. And at some points you're like, you've got bedrock on like, it's not that, but it's like a foot on either side of the boat. Mm-hmm. And then we get cowboys like, you could buy a jet boat, buy a boater's pass and run up the Deschutes and it, people try it and they fucking wad up hard. It's amazing. <laughs> I've seen like, the mini jet boats. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, one of my buddies has a mini jet boat, and yeah. he just fucking hauls ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, there was one that came up a couple years ago, but it's like, yeah. Your just, jet ski experience help you with this at all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the jet boat before the mm. before the jet ski experience, for sure. I did the New Zealand jet boat. Oh, yeah. Have yeah. you guys ever done that? Yeah, it's yeah. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's wild. Wow. Haul ass, do 360s and shit. It's We're crazy. Not, you can't really do 360s in this thing because the pump sucks out, but you can, like, whip shitties and stuff. And the way, way my boat's laid out, it's like I stand in the back and then there's four seats, but you're sitting low. So, like, sitting down, so like, I've had my buddy who's another guy run my boat and I sit in the front. I'm like, I forgot how fucking scary this is because you're looking at waves. Like, like it's the real deal. And there's, like, you know, you get some fun people in the boat and you can, you, you know, you can turn it on. Say the fishing's a little shitty that day. And on the way down, maybe we, maybe we light it up a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? <laughs> how many cans are consumed on a trip like this generally? Mm. So... Uh, when I'm running the powerboat, no drinking whatsoever. I'm just talking about maybe clientele. Oh, clientele. Totally depends on the group. Mm. Some dudes, I mean, so on a normal trip, say in July, I'm meeting my guys at four in the morning at the boat ramp and they're drinking, they're popping tens as soon as I get in the boat. <laughs> and most of my dudes are pretty under control, but like I've definitely had to put people like, no, you're sitting in the boat. Don't take off your life jacket. You can't fucking say my name right now, you know, like, and then like talking to their buddy, like your friend's liability. I'm, I'm responsible for him, but you're responsible for him, you know? Who's running the Groover? That's what I want to I do. usually have to deal with that. Mm, that's which a nice. sucks. Yeah, Dude, that's like a nice. 10 uh... days of human shit. <laughs> and then you're just like pouring it into a hole. Or they have like this machine that like kind of works, but like you like, it's like a dishwasher, but for a freaking 10 gallon <laughs> tub of shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're like, you like put it in there, you cam strap it, and it's like this door, and then you like cam strap it down. So you have to like fold it. So you like get it kind of close, and then you kind of like, heave ho it and it always <laughs> splashes out so you kind of like chuck it and run back and like definitely have thrown up while doing that and then and then you open it up and there's always just like shit all over the tie down and stuff and you're like it's five bucks a cycle sometimes I've drained like 25 bucks to like get all the crap out of it oh my god sounds like, like a good job yeah, wake up at two o'clock in the morning dude. deal with people's shit yeah everyone's like oh you're fishing good it's so fun like, yeah maybe maybe catch one maybe maybe not even see one for a month or so <laughs> can we throw any clients under the bus any good client stories um oh I've, there's a couple good ones there's I know a of. couple real good ones there's I mean, one it's anonymous so it's fine I yeah think. we got yeah, yeah yeah i had one guy so i started out working for another guy um the this guy Jeff Hickman, great dude. He kind of showed me how to run. You're supposed to be anonymous, river. Curtis. Well, I'm just saying I was working for his <laughs> his outfit at the time. So working for him with this his camp cook Colby, and uh, it was just the other guy Barrett and I were out there, and this guy came on like a blog trip where it's like some blog guy brings out a bunch of guests for like two two or three trips, and this guy stayed for a double. So we'll do ten days, three camps in that ten days, and he stayed for whatever it is, seven or eight of the days. And uh, he just, like, couldn't figure it out. This guy was from out east somewhere, trout fisherman, expected crazy results, 
wouldn't like figure it out. So we fish, we like move through water and try and find the fish and he would just stay in the same spot. Everybody else is catching a bunch of fish, whatever. He ends up catching randomly like one of the best to shoot steelhead I've ever seen, like a true 17, 18 pound fish, which is really big for there. And it was like to the point where it's like, I know there's like a fish that hangs on this ledge every now and then. And like you stand right there, flick it out. He's standing on dry land, whatever it happens leaves the pool. We get it back in the pool. I'm like chasing the fish around, trying to get it back to him. We get in a screaming match because it's like, he's standing on this ledge, it's 10 feet deep. And he's like, net it, net it. And I'm like, I can't net it. It's like fish is 10 feet under the water. Like it's not fucking happening. He's like, get it in the fucking net. Like start screaming at me. And I'm like, dude, you got to shut the fuck up and man the fuck up right now. Like clamp down on the reel, lean back. We got to get the fish's head up to get in the net. And, uh, ended up landing it. And then he like, we had service in camp and he texted Jeff, the my boss at the time that the fishing was slow and I sent him that photo and I was like how many of these have you seen last year he's like dude this guy's a pain in the ass um but then he stayed for the double so how that works we run all the other guests out go get ice propane fuel all that stuff and run back up with the new guys and our camp cook this guy Colby Richards old hood snowboarder goes semi-professional for a stint there great great dude I think he's good friends with Kilzima maybe um but uh he stayed with him. The guy's like, oh, I want to take a shower. And he's like, okay, well, like most people like grab the Dr. Bronner's, jump in the river and just like do a quick scrub down. He's like, no, I, I was like told on the website, there'd be like a shower tent and a shower. And, <laughs> and we have it in camp. And Colby's like, okay, I'll set it up, you know? And then, uh, so Colby starts setting up the shower tent and the dude's like gets naked and he's standing over him while he's like pounding the stakes. And I guess I wasn't there, but Barrett and I roll back up to camp with the new, new, uh, group of dudes. And Colby's like white faced. He's like, dude, you're not gonna fucking believe what this guy just did to me. <laughs> like he's like, and like you're in the desert. It's like you know most days in the summer. It's like 100 to 105. And Colby's on his hands and knees, sweating, setting up this tent. <laughs> and this dude's just standing over him naked. He was so pissed, <laughs> so pissed. But like, I don't know. Most of the snowbirds are gonna hear this and be like, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a different life. It's yeah. a different life that I know nothing about. It's interesting. Which has been like. Throughout, like, I've been very fortunate as a snowboarder and, like, go to, like, fancy lodges and guided trips and blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, almost grounding for me in a way to be, like, on the other side of it and be, like, okay, I'm not being a spoiled bitch for, like, you know, like, it's my turn to, like, try and, like, help these people have an awesome experience, I guess. This is a good segue for a question from Jake Price. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Hey, what's up, Bombhole? Chris and Pashley and in the hot seat today, my brother, Curtis Cizik. <laughs> it's actually funny. Um, my sister's last name is now Cizik. Mm-hmm. That is one for your clan. Mm-hmm. That is fucking bullshit. Boom roasted. Um, on to the first question I have for you. I'd like to go back in time to the worst day of my life is when you took me on a guided <laughs> fishing trip. This is wondering if you can too. explain to the viewers what it's like to be on a jet boat fly guided tour. <laughs> we all snowboard, but we all love fishing so much, and I love hearing you talk about it at the bar. <laughs> You're the worst. Um, that's it. All right. Okay, thank you, I guess, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> So Ika's in town. Ika is actually a pretty good fisherman. He was into it for a bit. Hasn't been in a while. I think he's kind of over it, whatever. Um, Ika's in town. We're going fishing. Jake's like, I want to go. We're like, okay. But we weren't in the jet boat. We're in a drift boat. And it's like a four-day float. And it's no roads in or out. Like once you put the boat in, you're committed, right? Like so we put the boat in. We start floating around. We get like less than a mile from the boat ramp. And Jake's like, I don't, I don't feel that good. 
And I'm like, what Like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know. I'm something like it. It's like another mile. He's like 105 out. He's in a puffy jacket shivering in the front of the boat. And it's like, all right, trip's kind of over. So we just row away the hell down, set up camp, and then like get Jake situated. And uh, and then Ika and I just kind of hike around and fish from there, like the campsites. And then I'm like, dude, you know, like we're checking on him. I'm like, if it gets really bad, like we, you can evac out of it, you know, but you're like, you got to call the BLM and they got to either drive in or bring in a helicopter or something. And then the chances of like, you have to pay a car service to drive your truck around to the bottom. I'm like, my truck's not going to be there either to like take you to the hospital. If you have to go to the hospital, like if it's that bad, we can row out and like get an ambulance or, you know, try and figure something out. And like, he was just like, we, it was a four day trip and we just went from campsite to campsite and he was just in his tent the entire time, <laughs> just like shaking, dying. And then I'll never forget, dude, pull the boat out of the water, get in the truck, start driving home. He's like, dude, I'm fuck, I'm kind of feeling better. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, fully ruined the trip. Immediately fine. Yeah. But that is the nice thing about the jet boat, because we run, like, 20 miles up, and you're just like, oh, you're not feeling good? 20 minutes from the boat ramp. That's Chill. good shit. Turn around. Yeah. It's my kind of fishing. Yeah. Fucking Jake. I like that. All right, let's get into hot takes. Uh, we do this every episode. We like to start off with your uh, greatest of all time, or your MJ of snowboarding both male and female who you got uh male v hawking for sure and then on female side Jana, and then zoe's right there too okay you consider snowboarding an art form or sport um depends on what you're doing <laughs> i guess you know to me i don't know yeah art i'm gonna go on art Bank slalom is kind of a sport. Yeah, for sure. Because you're racing. For mm. sure. For sure. Okay. So you're done with that. Uh, who's the most underrated in your opinion? Right now? Uh, oh, that's a hard question. I mean, are we talking like AMs or are we talking like dudes that are out there? Just, I, I, would, I always look at it as like maybe your homie that didn't get the shine they deserve kind of thing. Like, didn't get the, sh- like, the full shot? Yeah, like, you know, we all have friends that are just incredible that maybe didn't <laughs> get the ticket to ride, so to speak. I mean, there's a lot of those. My brother was really fucking good, and he got hurt at a bad time and never did it. Um, and then, like, I don't know, underrated. Oh, Charles, Chucky. Chucky good up answer. in Revy, yeah. Okay, uh, steel or powder? <laughs> Steel, no. <laughs> Skidoo or Polaris? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, you might want to. You might want to. You might want to be careful with this one, Chris. Skidoo. Hmm. How about Skidoo or Arctic Cat? Skidoo. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Best style or your favorite style ever? Favorite style ever. Oh, thanks, Kurt. Appreciate that. Billy's up there for oh. sure. Blair Hobnick might might take it for me. Where is Pashley stack in this kind of? He's up there. Pash rips. (laughs) He is. All right, just making sure. Yeah. Favorite method. Favorite method. God, that's a freaking hard one. It's either Gabe or Ben, I think. Although Mm. it's kind of weird. Like I was so, they grab in front of the binding a lot too. I don't know, but not that I don't like that. It's just different. It's easier. I think it's easier to get a good tweak in front of the binding. But they. I do like both of their methods. Um, I kind of just, I'm just going to say Gabe because Gabe's, Gabe's my favorite right now. 
Sorry, Ben. You're, you were like right there. <laughs> You're equal. <laughs> ben, you almost had it. You, you used to be my favorite. <laughs> this one's younger. <laughs> that new brown part. Woo. Yeah. Was, woo. Yeah. Woo. Uh, okay. Favorite snowboard video ever made? Favorite snowboard video ever made? I mean, it's got to be lame. Or maybe Brainstorm. That's up there, too. Favorite snowboard graphic? I like the Whitlake one where he wrote all the names on the board. And it was like mm-hmm. a picture of his girlfriend at the time. Or, the I mean, I could say a classic one, too. I mean, yeah, that one. That one jumped out at me first. I'm going to stick with that one. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Which cool. brand was that with? Lib. That was the Lib mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yep. That was a sick graphic. Yeah, that was in Lame. He was riding that board, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> cool. Uh, pant over or under the high bag? Dude, I don't even like that's the shit. I think I go under now. I used to go over, now I'm under. That was OG. Yeah, everybody yeah. went over back <laughs> yeah. in the day. Heli boarding three people, good times. You only got three seats aside from yourself. Who are you taking? My brother and my two sisters. Good answer. Dream sponsor. Dream sponsor, Ski-Doo, <laughs> Bombardier, BRP, baby. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> um, worst trend. Actually, let's go first try, go to backcountry, step down. Front, front three. If anybody says otherwise, out of their mind. Might get a cab five in there every once in a while, but front three is usually the go-to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst trend. What do you got? Um... Trend, like, what do you mean by trend? Like, what clothing or like choose your own adventure? You can take it however you want it. People, I don't know, I'm gonna take that. People blocking opportunities for other people in a way, you know, like, there's you get put in situations where you're like, hey, what do you think about this person getting on the, you know, stuff like that, or like getting on the program, or like, should they film for this movie, or blah blah blah, and people blocking. I don't know if that's like a trend or not, but I hate seeing that when people shut people down to like when they're trying to grow their business or career in snowboarding. That's a great answer. I love that. Okay, that's that's been it for hot takes. I like it. Um, we always like to talk setups. What uh, what board you're riding and how you set it up? I ride a 164 wide K2 Alchemist. That Jay Stone designed. I got to help what, a little bit. What on size it. feet you got? Nine. So you go wide with a nine. Nine and a half, ten. But yeah, I just big board. Um, yeah, love that board. It's great. Um, and shout out to Tommy J at K two, Megan, all those guys. They're great. And having Stone at K two has been huge because yeah, Jay Stone's. It's rad working with a board engineer that's like as good as you at snowboarding. So, like, you, like, feel something. You're like, ah, what do you think about that? And he's like, dude, totally. I felt that, too. And I'm thinking this. And, like, I don't know. That guy's, he's good. He's really done rad things for the brand and the boards. And he's on it. A lot of people like that board. Yeah. Yeah, that board's That's great. That's the one Sage rides, too? I think he rides the that and the, I think he might ride the Antidote more. Antidote. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Are you pro or are you global am right now? <laughs> <laughs> Just asking for a friend. I'm on the pro team. Oh, okay. Somehow I got on before Gabe, who's mm. insane. I don't know. Nice. Congratulations. It's just being old, I guess. What, <laughs> what bindings are you running? I run K2 bindings. Are they good? Yeah. The new ones are really good. And are you paid to say that? 
Yes. yes. Okay, fair. Yes, yes 100%. Okay. 100%. <laughs> Just checking. I had some battles with the old ones. We didn't <laughs> like it and then worked on the new ones and the new ones are a lot better. They're back here. What about splitboard bindings? Are you on uh, K2 as well or no? Just curious. <laughs> yes, I am also on K2 okay. stuff. Forget cool. parts regularly, but that system does work well when you remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a big fan of a Y ski all day for two runs when you can snowmobile for mm-hmm. 60. Yes. Good point. You do anything to your board? You do forward lean? You... I do forward lean on my back binding, nothing on the front. I think, am I thinking that right? And then I set my board up. I Weird, I go like three and a half inches back. Three, so great for landing switch. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I don't ride backwards more than 60 feet into the jump or 60 feet out of the jump. He's going backwards that long. There's something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> turn, turn, get around. But then when you're like, oh, okay, here we go, front five. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is going to suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, do you detune or anything? Um, no, but I do take all my boards in the beginning of the year. I take them into like the race shop and get a structure put into them and hotbox. At uh, which shop? Uh, Powderhouse or the race place in Bend. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And then um, what else you got? You got Smith? Yeah, I got Smith, um, Smart Wool, Columbia, obviously, Mount Bachelor, Tim Barrel. What else am I forgetting? I think that's it, right? K2? Well, yeah, K2, obvi. Shout out those guys. Never seen that BCA deal or what? What's going on there? Oh, I'm trying to work on the BCA deal. They just said no. They keep saying no. They're like, we don't need another middle-aged snowboarder. I'm like, I'm a snowmobiler. <laughs> What's... I'm a fly fisherman. <laughs> what are you fly... talking about? Yeah. You don't have that demographic. <laughs> Earlier, you mentioned it would be interesting to talk helmets. Yeah. Um, there is no reason why we all shouldn't be wearing them besides the look and the way they feel. And my sponsor Smith makes a great helmet. I wore some a bit last year and then I didn't film in one. They just kind of felt funny for me from not wearing one forever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been to the doctor's office when there's like, we're wearing a helmet and you're just like, no, why? Oh, looks goofy. And like all the parents, kids that are looking up to you, you're like, why don't you wear a helmet? Oh, does it look cool? You know, it's like, there's really no, good excuse to not wear a helmet. It's just, I think it's definitely trending that way too, where more and more people are starting to wear helmets. And I think it's a really good thing. Absolutely. Have you heard the argument where, uh, on a powder jump, you have like more surface area. So you actually get rattled more. <laughs> I, oh. That's what people are saying. That's real. Yeah. Like a lot of people, like I think Nils might be somebody who wears one when he's riding lines, wears one at the resort. But if he's hitting a cheese wedge claims that it's like not as good because when you're like tomahawking, you're oh, like, head like, that kind of oh, wow. makes snow. That kind of makes sense. You know, it's like, like pulling up and down and shit. That. Yeah, like it's more surface area, so you have worse whiplash. Hmm. But I mean, obviously, if there's a rock, you're fucked. You know. So yeah, based on your tomahawking, Kurt, you might n- want to take this into. Yeah, you have a lot of tomahawking yeah. experience. You Excuse could me. Be a good tester for. I've had a couple good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking back through some photos for Chris and everything for the crew here and whatnot, and. Uh, Reminded me back to <laughs> came through some of the stuff from Japan with Yumi and Ejack. Oh my god! And there's like, some classic clips of photos where like <laughs> it looks like Curtis is just like he's like testing the snow, but he's testing it with his face. Yeah, before, just like, like the, the full whiplash. <laughs> <happens>. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Well, we got some signed uh, Kurt dog prints. If you're down to sign them, shot by Alex Patchley over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, could debatable if they're in focus, but I think it's a pretty good photo. No, it's a soft focus thing. Everybody knows that. It's art. <laughs> it's art. Yes. Yeah. It's blurry, but it's art. When it's blurry, it's art. Mm. Uh, so we'll have those on our site, uh, bombhole.com. 
So also, uh, and what's what's next for Kurt Dog? Uh, this winter is the Timberdale project we're going to work on. And then that goes until February. And then after that, I don't know, probably Whistler. And just jump in with somebody, try and film some more stuff. And then either Timberdale's rad, they're always down to like share footage and compile stuff with something. And um, definitely going to do some sort of edit with K2 and hopefully Gabe Ferg and hopefully Parker. Love Parker too. He's a gem. If people want to go fishing with you, how do they find you? Most of the stuff through Instagram. Just hit me on Instagram. But it's getting it's getting pretty Is that Jetboat Flyguides or is it real Jetboat Flyguides? No, it's not the real Jetboat Flyguides. It's okay. Jetboat Flyguides. It's just just hit me on Courtesy Zick or Jetboat Flyguides. But we're pretty we're pretty slammed. We're getting to the point where it's like cancellation list style, which is kind of exciting and exhausting, but it's cool. Rad. Uh lastly, do you want to throw out any thank yous before we wrap this thing up? Oh shit. <laughs> um so many people. <laughs> Good <God>. response. <laughs> I mean, oh, you're shit. better off saying less than trying to go through the whole list because then you're going to forget yeah. somebody. Mm-hmm. Family first, parents who are no longer with me, and um, then my siblings, sponsors, all my friends and Bend. Yeah. Beauty. Well, hell of a banter fucking journey, boys. Good times. Good times, boys. It's been Appreciate a bit of it. a marathon, which is something Pashley is very familiar with. A bit mm. of a banter marathon. I'm so scared for this to come out. <laughs> <laughs> the can- Let the canceling begin. Let your <laughs> photos and frequency <laughs> yeah. be in the past. <laughs> Sorry, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you for all the sponsors, everybody that uh, supports us, all of our Patreon members, everybody that listens. Uh, Pash, thanks for coming and hosting. Thank you, Chris. Kurt, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a good time. Of course, Silk D, thanks for being you. Yeah, pleasure. Smooth Smooth back there. Thank you. All right. We got another episode coming at you next Wednesday, over and out from the bomb hole.